This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 340. The Super Universities of Joel Nar Strategy Guide. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hunter, you've done it. You're in Minneapolis. You're there. Uh, you're in a, a quickly filling up apartment. I'll note. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very. It's you know we're getting stuff in there. Yesterday we didn't know recording. The room sounded rather hollow because stuff wasn't there. But yep. even today, more things have moved into the room as mm-hmm. weeks go on. We get you a mm-hmm. rug. This room might even start to sound really great as the new recording yeah. hub of Space Cats Peace Turtles. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be stealing all your uh, all your weird squares yeah. you bought. Okay, <laughs> I remember that yeah. the, you 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 promised me. Uh-huh, you okay? can have you my, my sound dampeners. <laughs> I'm taking those, um, and then eventually you're gonna have to come over here to record, and that's gonna be glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, That'll be fun. Yeah, I got my uh, LG C3 OLED. <laughs> television you'd love um, to say the whole name of it <laughs> yeah know. because it's awesome because i want people to look it up you basically look had up a how child good it is. you moved and had a child and the child is named lgc3 oled i'm watching stuff i don't even like at this <laughs> point you know what i mean like that's where i'm at with it i'm putting up stuff that i think sucks uh-huh. just to be like i just want to see what that looks like uh-huh. um watched all of fury road this morning while i was working that rules just watched the whole thing yeah um God, that's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, then I turned on Watchmen, Zack Snyder's Watchmen, a movie I hate, <laughs> yeah. a bad movie. And I was just like, let's just put this on. Like, uh-huh. who cares? I was like, I, you know what I turned? I was like, I'll turn it on because there's a lot of good blue in it. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I thought. I was like, there's some really good blue in that movie. Let's and I kind of want to see blue. that blue. I right. just want to tell, let's, get, we haven't done like a, a run of blue yet. Mm-hmm. Although I did watch Castle on the Sky last night. Oh boy. Yeah. I was like, is animation going to look good? It does. It all looks good, baby. <laughs> You gotta come over. You gotta come over to my house and watch a movie sometime. Now I don't have a couch yet. Mm-hmm. It's just one chair. Yeah. So you stand and I sit, but it'd still be a fun time. You stand. <laughs> what a good host you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you take the well, chair. That's as good as I can do, Matt. You know, you like what am I supposed to do? Chair. No, that's no. This is my chair. Like I live alone. All right. Uh, Some things are just mine now. Some selfishly, are just yours. Uh, oh, there's definitely gonna be times where people come over and I'm like. I'm going to say weird stuff now. I'm going to be like, don't sit in that chair. That's my chair. I'll say that out loud. That's uh-huh. the type of guy I'm going to uh-huh. be now. Good, good. And the first thing you have to point out to them is the bed in the living room. <laughs> that'll that'll yeah. be fun every time. I, dude, I'm doing it my own way here. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> I'm just, I'm free of the prison of everyone else's dumb ideas. Now I get to do it my way. Bed in the living room. Who wants to have the bed in the worst room in a mm-hmm. one-bedroom apartment? You know you, what I mean? You have a studio apartment with a studio space. Yes. I have two studios. <laughs> I got my studio apartment, and I got my studio space. Uh-huh. And that's been my dream yeah. for years now. It's pretty good. I was trying to do that in 2022, and now here we are, 2024. I got it, all right? Mm-hmm. Here uh, we go. Hey, Hunter, I've got some uh, tournament updates for you, especially as we 
this is it. We're rounding it out. Today's February twenty mm-hmm. eighth. Uh, when this episode comes out, tomorrow is the last day of February because it's leap year. Everyone, yeah. You even yep. got an extra day in got this an year's extra tournament. Day, people. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna be closing it up. So I don't know that we will have any more qualifiers from here on out. It's people that we just give buys to in some mm-hmm. fashion or another. There is one Which game we described that, how it works. Uh, <laughs> there's 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 one game that tried to finish. Uh, or was trying to have happen and it went really late and then like things happened the game couldn't finish and it sounds like the final game of the qualifiers might be another vote for the win (laughs) kind of precedent so that's a nice way to go out i'm very excited for that that will be a very good qualifier update next week is a single mm -hmm. game that was voted on uh for its victor would 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 really be glad to see that but i'd love to uh, tell you our four other winners uh but first there's a, a note. I have an addendum. Uh, previous week, someone filled out the form wrong, so I needed to read out the name. J.F. Short, congratulations on making it to the prelims oh. like two weeks ago or something. Like a, awesome. a while ago, uh, they made it through. And then uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've had Just Jelly, Bells, Sir L.S.E. Grimm, Sir Lesegrim. Uh I think this one reads differently on Discord, too. I'd have to double check. And then also Bert the Hulk. And those are our four uh maybe final qualifier winners to have actually played an entire game and oh, won somebody's got to play on leap day somebody's got to play on leap day play on leap day. surely we'll get a couple on we'll see but that gives us 183 qualifiers is how many we have acquired which oh, if you're counting shy. there's a there's a decent number like really honestly one thought that actually occurred to me that we could do at this point and we i don't think we will i think this would be bad to do and i think people would be mad at us but some people are already mad at us for letting the weird bears in and everything so i don't know maybe oh, we're okay. mad anyway i didn't know there were my, people that were mad my my one solution is instead of letting in a bunch of buys to the prelims we could cover all of it with a single buy to the semis <laughs> 36 players get knocked out real quick when it's just one person needs to get vied into the semis uh so wow and that's in you you're upset about people being mad about what we've already proposed <laughs> and that's what that's how you want to fix it uh-huh. is one buy to the semis how would we determine who this person was i don't know he oh, might his name might you? be hunter donaldson <laughs> no it can't be me because i'm already in the prelim oh yeah true it wouldn't actually save us the slots you're saying it should be you is what you're saying oh yeah sure because that's what i definitely want to do is play a game against uh people in this tournament that's you that's love fun. playing I games love against people it. in the tournament yeah, and losing thing. your you, you know losing your shorts or whatever <laughs> you lose Losing your lunch is what I should say. Yeah. That's a different thing, too, though. So I don't think it's that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so, okay, but what about prelims update? We got a prelims update? I am not going to do a prelims up right, update right now. It's it's messy over there. But uh, prelims people, uh, you need to go to the Discord if you're listening to this. Uh, I'm trying to track down everyone's email addresses based on how we did signups this year. I don't, like, have everyone's email at a quick, easy disposal like I normally do. But I have sent out an availability form uh, so that we can help you schedule prelims games, which we're going to start doing like a lot of like more than three per Mm -hmm. weekend as much as I can help it. But not anywhere close to enough people have filled out that availability form. I pinged everybody in the prelims lounge. But if you're listening to this and you haven't been over there in a while, hey, you super should because uh, the prelims have been going since January and I need your games to happen. So we're down. We're behind like like two or three weekends now. 
I feel like I should be able to do this. I feel like I could get you a list of the emails. Like We have access Google. to all the information. Oh. It's just a matter of it's got to get consolidated. And in previous mm-hmm. years, the sign, like I had it on hand because there was a sign right. form that people input their thing in. But now I have to go through Patreon to find everybody's email address and yeah, hope that that I one actually that, sends I'll, to them. I'm doing that for you tomorrow. Okay, you're going to have great. a list on your day. I'm just saying like this is you. You have a tendency to you're not like a you're not really like a team guy. You know what I mean? You never <laughs> delegate you always just work on you just go into the mines by yourself uh-huh. and then i'll be over here like working on all kinds of stuff and then it's like oh is there something i could do that would help you <laughs> and then you're just like talking about like oh i just can't get all this this, this stuff it's just not happening and, and then i'm hearing that i'm like you because i've never I talked about it that. being your yeah point. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i like made today i made a discord for us to like all work together in it. Uh-huh. a a horse house discord is oh, what yeah, we're calling it horse house. Um, because that's the name of our umbrella company um and there's maybe a couple other folks included in that uh, mm-hmm. that you you can guess who they are um they're <laughs> brothers uh, uh, but part of it part of having that is so that we have better teamwork communication sure. okay that's what i want of all course. right of course so me, and also because I'm a capable person, I can do a lot of stuff. You Matt, do a lot you know? of stuff already, which is why I dare not burden you with anything else because there's already mm-hmm. so much going on. I'm scared. I'm scared. Right. Is all that it is. You're scared. I'm scared. And that's good, but but it's also important to get you know the work done and for us to share that work, uh-huh. share in that work. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Well, how about this? Maybe I'm in charge. Have you thought about that? That maybe actually I'm in charge? You and definitely that actually it's are. Not even it's just this one tournament area where what I about, hide no, everything from no. you. I, I definitely am not. But maybe I should be. And that's what I'm saying is I'm perhaps going to appoint myself right now in charge. Do we have to switch our names on the Discord? Are you General Hunter now? And I'm Cowboy no. Matt? Is now this, that was always that was always a reference to play style and uh-huh. you still play like a general and i still play like a cowboy <laughs> but i'm just saying sometimes cowboy has to wear a sheriff's hat yeah. now don't they <laughs> uh can i do a jolnar guide with you do one let's do it let's do let's do a super jolnar guide uh let's lead off with just the thing that uh i, I want to tell people this guide is very much going to be from a like, are you a super duper new player that would like to get your feet wet? I think Jolnar is a great option. It's mm-hmm. wonderful training wheels. Don't listen to your friend who's like, yes, but you have to consider the entire tech deck. No, you don't. And this guide will be the reason why you don't have to look at the entire tech deck when playing Jolnar. Uh, but Jolnar is a very easy faction. And uh, it's one that the newest player in your group, it's one of the factions they could they could have at their disposal and compete with all the people that are super good at the game. Yeah, well, let's start with the lore. What mm. can you tell me about these fish people mm-hmm. sitting in their bowls or whatever? What's going <laughs> sitting on Sitting in them? their aquarium, which are the two planets, Joel and Nar. Uh, they're smart. Boy, are they smart little fishies. Uh, actually... They're the baddies, is what I've written on our form. They're the baddies. Uh, everybody's the baddies, really, especially the original mm-hmm. six. The the original six of TI, uh, which Super is evil. To, to borrow a term from hockey, uh, they're all bad for sure. They're like mm-hmm. none of them are good. Maybe extra. I guess extra are arguably the only good one uh, in the original six. But Jolnar are definitely some of the bad ones. Uh, mm, 
What? Casting couch original six hockey Ooh. teams to the original six. Oh Twilight boy, I couldn't factions. even do Just that right quick. now. We, we we have to invite Sun and EJ over for well, but, that. Uh, but, okay, but okay, but okay. All right, let me pull up a list of the original. Well, the six. Devils, I think, is Sardak Noir. Okay. <laughs> sure. Right? That, yeah. That's one of them. Right. The colors it's, are the same. Right. So that's. Uh, I think Soul is the New York Rangers, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, good, good American citizens, the the New York Rangers, absolutely. Uh, who's uh, Hakan? Hakan is probably going to be the Canadians. Uh, that's okay. going to be my guess because Hak okay. Hak Canadians, the the Montreal oh, Hawk Canadians, Hak Canadians, yeah. yes, yeah, yes, I think yes, that yes. Works. That at, for our standards right now, that is excellent. That's really um, good. Uh, the Blackhawks are going to be barony because they're racist. Uh, so that's easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes that one actually really great. it's so hard that is excellent um what's the last original six team is uh, it bruins, the bruins and maple leafs are who we have left oh. we have the bruins and the maple oh. leafs and we have extra and we have joelnar uh so we have to assign think, those two i think bruins are joelnar that's i was actually gonna say the opposite but i don't feel super struggling either sure. way so i feel like you well got canadians me. are nice which means that's why hakan and extra oh, are the canadians extra, yes because yes, they're like yes. at least the nicer ones and then bruins are like big bruisers and buttheads so they're i the like Jolnar. it yeah it, yep, it yep, actually yep. does make sense all right cool <laughs> there well, was your that was content for <laughs> nobody we everyone's gone like, we we're how far are we we're 14 minutes into the episode uh -huh. everyone is just we out it. we've just lost it's everybody so that rules it's really well, now you can really do this guide mm -hmm. the pressure's off yeah because the entire audience left it's a guide i wrote for hunter donaldson <laughs> yes <laughs> let me learn although uh, i've actually got a pretty good win rate with these guys yeah uh, not, not to what, is it one out of one have you played them exactly once and won with them oh no dude i've played jolnar like a bunch of times really okay. loads of times i know you avoid point. them generally speaking but maybe not in competitive mm -mm. play like if it's if it's no, no, if that chips are on the table it's time to go ahead and play jolnar that's old news matt yeah. i i started playing jolnar when pok came out i, yeah. I played like i don't know i probably like played eight games as jolnar cool. i would say i think yeah. i've won like half those they're fun they're a fun one to win with i'll say that much uh because yeah. a lot of times you did stupid stuff and still won <laughs> like you did you yeah. made stupid mistakes and still got to win good for you <laughs> there's a lot of leeway yeah. in it you know <laughs> yeah uh well let's go ahead and go through the components hunter will you will you tell me what they have yes um so they're starting units in tech oh it's a doozy it's fun yeah uh, so for units they have one dreadnought two carriers one fighter two infantry <laughs> one space dock and two pds wow what that, a weird that was choice. kind of what a ride <laughs> yeah a, a wild ride L great ships i mean literally the best possible ships you could have outside of mm -hmm. two war suns and a dreadnought or whatever like yeah you have a total of nine capacity uh to start the game with too Ooh, bad you baby. only have three things to put inside of that capacity <laughs> only two of which are infantry you don't have enough infantry yeah. to do the game round one and this is our kind of achilles heel round one is is the right. two infantry that's a huge bummer yeah and next we'll talk about their starting tech which is uh very fun they start with four starting tech oh baby <laughs> neural motivator anti-mass deflectors sarween tools and plasma scoring it's all the level zero tech from base game yep it's uh really good that's a lot of good tech neural motivator and sarween tools two techs you love to just completely start with yep. anti-mass deflectors have. a tech you love to have and not have to research plasma scoring 
You start with two PDS, something nobody else in the game does, and you have plasma scoring. Anybody who's like, I'm gonna go attack Jolnar's home system round one. No, you're absolutely not. I have three shots from the get-go. Mm -hmm. It's uh, like, and that's only gonna get better given some stuff we have later on in the game. But obviously this is a completely ridiculous start. It's 16 resources worth of stuff for like a normal yeah, player. Uh, and it's a lot of tech that also gives us access to a lot of tech right away, not just because we have some abilities, but because I start with a green, red, and a yellow. I can get Cruiser 2. I can get Fighter 2. I can get PDS 2 first round if I want to. Any of those things are on the table from the get-go. Yeah, so much versatility is the key word. We're going to say versatility yeah. today. Yeah, It's it's B for versatility. Um, but let's talk about their home system. They are two-planet home system. Boo, sucks, yeah, bad. Uh, the two planets are called Joel and Nar, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, Joel is a one resource, two influence planet, and Nar is a two resource, three influence planet. That's five influence. That's mm. really good. That's, That's really, good. really, really good. Uh, it does suck that it's two planets, but beyond that, this is an incredible home system for especially what we want to do, which is like not have to worry about needing too many influence planets outside of our slice. Like the fact that we get basically two command counters for free each round mm -hmm. is going to be very good and lead to a healthy command counter uh, supply all game. Yeah, it's yummy. It's is what I would yummy. call it. It's yummy. Um, their abilities. The first one is called Fragile. Uh, this one's kind of infamous. Yep. Uh, apply minus one to the result of each of your unit's combat rolls. That is bad. Just to make it clear, that's not good. Now, in space, maybe it's like not the biggest deal in the world. You can kind of get around it. You can have lots of HP. You can mitigate things. You also have like lots of things that help you in space combat. Like if you get really good space cannon going, there's lots of things you can do. But on the ground, that's bad. Not good to have mm -hmm. minus one. That's where those numbers really, really matter. And it means that on the ground, Jolnar has to play the numbers game. You've got to have yeah. more stuff on the ground than your opponent uh, brings or has on the defense. Yeah, it's a bit of a ding-dong situation, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, these next two abilities, I feel like I'm just going to read them back to back because I yeah. feel like they go together. Mm -hmm. The first one is called Brilliant. When you spend a command token to resolve the secondary ability of the technology strategy card, you may resolve the primary ability instead. And this is paired with analytical, which is when you research a technology that is not a unit upgrade technology, you may ignore one prerequisite. Yeah. Uh, so that latter half means we can reach any of the two requirement colorful techs uh, from the get-go. You can mm -hmm. get transit diodes round one. You could get fleet logistics round one without doing anything. If you can research two techs, which you can do with Brilliant, you can get light wave deflector round one because you can get gravity drive and then research light wave deflector. So you basically have access to the entire tech tree all game long. Um, also, given your start, like we already covered a bunch of upgrades you already qualify for and you're very quickly going to get the rest of the colorful techs, the only tech I would say that is mildly out of your range is War Suns. War Suns being three red right. and a single yellow takes some time, and three reds aren't really something you are, like, dying to get. So that's mm -hmm. literally the only tech that's not, like, right there at your fingertips. Everything else, basically all game long, you can just get any old time you want. 
I think we're going to have a lot of fun when we get to the tech half <laughs> part of this it's episode. It's kind of the whole episode. Wow. <laughs> well, just to get the rest of this useless junk out of the way, let's talk about their flagship, which is called the JNS Hilarum. Hilarum? Hilarum. Uh, it is a uh, cost eight uh, standard flagship with a two on a six combat value, which of course is a minus to that. There's yeah. a minus to the six mm -hmm. um movement one capacity three it's got sustained damage and it has a whopper of an ability mm -hmm. which is when making a combat roll for this ship each result of nine or ten before applying modifiers produces two additional hits yeah that's an incredible ability if any if you've ever seen this flagship in play you know how quickly that like does a lot of damage. Uh, you know, a nine or a 10, that's a one in five chance of just rolling that. There's nothing else that modifies it. It's just the straight up roll. If you get a nine or a 10, you've dealt three hits with that single roll. It's like a whole war sun popped off. And guess what? You roll two dice and both of them could be nines or tens. You can get six mm -hmm. hits with a single roll. Uh, entirely possible. Not even like that supremely unlikely. It's two ones on a five, right? That's that's pretty nuts. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a great one to just park in your home system and, and uh, force people to really consider if your home system is worth taking. Yeah, I love that this is kind of their only way to punch hard. I mean, yeah. obviously with Joel Nar. You're just wanna you're just gonna wanna have more stuff than the other person. Yeah. But with the flagship, you're just kind of saying, like, we're also gonna gamble yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you heard about gambling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a whole line of thinking with Jolnar that is I don't have the HP, I don't actually have the more stuff, but I get to hit more times. Uh that mm -hmm. it's basically the flagship and destroyer two line of thinking, which is just like if I can just maximize the amount of dice that get rolled, hopefully I can carve through your stuff before you can carve through mine. Uh and maybe that works. But again, right. it is it is gambling. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, their promissory note is up next. It is called Research Agreement. Woo! Um, this is a very infamous note. Uh, and it reads, after the Jolnar player researches a technology that is not a faction technology, gain that technology, then return this card to the Jolnar player. Oh, boy. This is it. This is the whole faction in one single component. <laughs> if you wanted to nerf Jolnar, you would nerf this component alone, and everything else could just be right. fine, and it would not be a big deal. But this one's ridiculous. Uh, contrary to a lot of promissory notes, this costs Jolnar absolutely nothing. Uh, yep. Which is how promissory notes should be, to be clear. Everything should come up to research agree agreements like standard is the problem with most mm -hmm. promissory notes. Uh, this is the best promissory note in the entire game. Uh, and it's going to make you so much money because everybody wants tech because tech is time locked. T tech is hard gated on the game of how much gets provided. And right. you get to increase that by a lot. You get to put way more tech into the game for everybody. Um, I did also want to note here that that is when after the Jolnar player researches a technology, that is not when you do gain effects, like Fires of the Gashly is gain War Suns, Maw of mm -hmm. Worlds is gain a tech. Neither of those proc research agreement, but lots of other stuff does. Focused research, that's research a tech. So it's not only during the technology strategy card sure. that you can sell research agreement. So this thing is all over the place all game long. It's the value that it can create for you and others is impossible to imagine the first time you play them. Yeah. And every subsequent game, there's just no telling whether you're going to hit the jackpot yeah. or not. I right. mean, 
it's the same thing with tech tempo in general, right? Like you, you don't know how much tech you're going to get from action cards. You don't know how much tech you might find in the agenda phase. Right. Research agreement is there to say like, if we do happen to hit the jackpot, it's going to be even bigger than you thought yep. it was going to be. Absolutely. Um, yeah. This component is, I would say, certifiably filthy. I mean, it is a real nasty boy, yeah. this guy. Yeah. It's gross. It's real gross. And guess what? One of their techs is also pretty gross. Pretty gross in its mm -hmm. own right. And uh, go ahead and give me that one. Yeah. So let's go right into the faction techs. Since we're talking about busted abilities, um, the first one up is E-Res Siphons. It is a level two yellow tech, mm -hmm. meaning it requires two yellow. Now, of course, Jolnar doesn't really care about that. Yeah. And you can research it on round one. Right. Um, and it reads, after another player activates a system that contains one or more of your ships, yep. gain four trade goods. Oh, boy. Yeah, thank you for noting the ships there. It's important to gum as Jolnar, not only because you got to protect that home system in every way that you can, but also because of this. Uh, and four trade goods is a lot of money. Uh, turns yeah. out so it is definitely a deterrent people don't just make lazy attempts on you you don't get stuff just picked off in the mid game for nothing um, however in the end game this doesn't protect you this isn't a defense right if people have to come for your home system they're going to come for your home system but you might have enough money as they're on their way to mm -hmm. build in your home system and protect yourself who knows but right it's not the biggest deal in the world it's one where if we were to balance things down maybe i would lower that amount of money a bit for trade goods it's just like awfully steep especially in what it turns into what obviously the disgusting nasty ti community has done with this ability and how mm. willing they are to sort of do it all on purpose uh yeah. we've really broken it and if it were like two trade goods you wouldn't really see that as much because it, it wouldn't be worth its own value but because it's four trade goods for one command counter there's yeah. profit in there somewhere, baby. You're making that's that's the problem is the fact that it's four. Even if it was three, it would be a little bit better. Yeah. Although it would still be gross. I think you're absolutely right that two would be the way to kind of. I mean, it would still be useful. Yeah. You would still it, get it. It'd thing. be good for Jolnar, right? In that yeah. way, it'd be good for Jolnar. The way it is right now, kind of good for Jolnar and a friend. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. You can just kind of make endless deals because even if you let's say you're just getting the one yes. out of it, right? That's still fine. You're getting uh, you're getting a free trade good, and your buddy who's activating you is literally just turning their command counter yeah. into three trade goods, which is not exactly how much it's worth. I know, yeah, yeah whatever. But it's all it's in my head. That's how it's much effectively it's worth, that, so and more importantly, like sometimes that really matters, right? Sometimes you need yes. the trade goods way more than something else, uh, or you're like yeah. a faction like Necro, where it's like I'm swimming in in command counters. Let's right. turn these into trade goods. I get way too many yes. of these things. Yeah, I would always love to just turn one of my command counters. I mean, literally, Necro has a component that would allow them to turn their command counter into two trade goods. Yeah, and this is so better than three. That. <laughs> yeah, three is a slam dunk. Their second faction tech is called Spatial Conduit Cylinder. It is a level two blue tech, and it reads, you may exhaust this card after you activate a system that contains one or more of your units. That system is adjacent to all other systems that contain one or more of your units during this activation. Yeah, this is a cool tech, and you'll hear you, mm -hmm. you will hear people sing its praises. I'm not going to talk about it very much in this guide, but it, it's a defensive in nature tech, right? It is 
I'm already got some stuff here and I can send anything I want there because everything yeah. is now adjacent to it. Obviously, it's like incredible for defending Mechatol Rex or defending home. You just send everything back. And for a faction who very often in the late game just needs to hold on to like one or two things, it absolutely has its uses. But it's not some yeah. critical component. Uh, it's definitely a we had bonus tech in the game and I can kind of get a little, you know, I can splurge on some extra techs, but it's very rarely the linchpin of your strategy. Yeah, and it's a direct reference to Dune, uh, which you can see this weekend in IMAX and 70 millimeter. Um, see it on the largest screen that you can, people. Dune part two. You gotta see this movie, you know? it's. I don't even like it and I'm gonna go see it. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Uh, we have four commodities. I'll just toss that out there as if we needed it. We make so much money from ERES siphons and research agreement. And they were like, how about four commodities too? Mm -hmm. So needless to say, you're rich. Okay, got it. Uh, let's talk about the leaders. They'd be rich if they had zero commodities exactly. is what I want to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> all right. So their first leader, we're going to talk about their agent who is called Dr. Sukaban. He is the head of medical R&D. Love it. Uh, and he reads, uh, when a player spends resources to research, you may exhaust this card to allow that player to remove any number of their infantry from the game board for each unit removed. Reduce the resources spent by one. Yep. So your infantry builds are comparable to mirror computing is the way to think yes. about this. I can spend $1 on two infantry and then cash those two infantry in to spend $2 on my tech, which means I could kill six infantry for three bucks and buy two tech with my uh, brilliant ability. Um, this is actually a great return on the investment and I would like heavily encourage you do this. The problem you're going to run into is a production capacity issue that you start the game with. You have a space yeah. dock on a 2-3 planet. You're building four things round one <laughs> off of warfare. And then are you going to spend all of those infantry you need to go take planets on tech? No. This is a much better later on in the game ability, uh, especially if you feed into it a little bit. But right out the gate, it can be a tricky one to use. It's even a decent one to sell round one because somebody yeah. else might be able to really make something off of it and you can just like get the money you need for other things. Although sometimes I do use it on myself literally just to save myself the like $1 I need to afford tech or whatever, right? Like th right. this is definitely a flexible ability and adds to our versatility. It also adds to the like, it's sort of in line with E-Res Siphons mm -hmm. where yes, we're, we're kind of killing a component, but we're killing it for more than it's worth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, like an right. infantry is worth half resources. We're going to kill it for one resource yep. um, that is used for a very specific thing. So I think it really just comes down to like timing, right? Yeah. Like timing might not be in your favor and right. you might not get much value out of this in round one. Yeah. Uh, after that, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Um, their commander is called T.A. Zern, uh, who is the deep rot visionary, um, whatever that means. Who knows? <laughs> uh, the unlock for the commander is own eight technologies and the ability is after you roll dice for a unit ability you may re-roll any of these dice what is a unit ability a unit ability about? let's walk down unit ability lane hi here on your left you have bombardment ah yes all of your oh. dreads can re-roll Ooh, over here you have anti-fighter barrage anti-fighter barrage is a ability that can be tricky for a normal destroyer use yours are a little bit better but if you get destroyer twos boy are you on easy street with killing oh, fighters and finally and most 
importantly with Jolnar, again, you started with two PDS, and as soon as you get this ability, with your plasma scoring, your three space cannon shots do in fact roll again. Uh, that reroll is incredible. Uh, it's a it's a very, very big deal, especially since like half of our reroll abilities, or if we get Destroyer 2, all of our reroll abilities are like coin flips, right? Like essentially yep. close to a coin flip or exactly a coin flip, and we get to try the coin flip twice. Like that's, that's very good odds to get hits on all of these things. This is like the only reason our PDS are important to us. Uh, I would even argue in base game, it was like, yeah, you start with two PDS, but maybe you don't like freak out about it pds2 was kind of a strategy with base game Jolnar, mm -hmm. but pok made it like oh yeah you should fill your slice up with pds because it's actually a considerable amount of heat an opponent would have to take in trying to invade your stuff six shots five shots with a reroll is like nothing to scoff at insane and especially considering we can just throw throw all uh graviton in there yes. flippantly right. like who cares we just throw it in uh, then yeah, it's it's a lot. It really cancels out. I would say all their weaknesses. Yeah, I would say right. they don't have weaknesses. Anymore. Yeah, well, it's, again, it's, it's, it's space combat. The minus one is nothing. It, the ground yeah. you don't see this as much. Although it's worth noting, you do extra bombardment or not extra, but like you're mm -hmm. better at bombardment. So the it does help yeah. in that world. Um, also, I wanted to note the eight technologies we started with four. Our goal definitely is to research two every single round. I'll, I'll get right. ahead of that. Round one, you just straight up might not be able to afford it given some circumstances, right? So you might be behind. And in that situation, you're not going to unlock this until round three. But in like a normal, nice kind of affluent Jolnar game, you unlock this round two. And now your slice is completely secure. Yep. Yeah, it's honestly a decent reason to uh, take diplomacy if if round one is going to be weird for you because yeah. even if you make other people rich, you're going to be the richest. Right. Like that's just kind of how it's going to go down. Yeah. Um. All right, let's talk about the hero. Um. So the uh the back of the hero. I've never read the back of the hero before, and I wanted to make sure to get that in there. The back of the hero is called Rin, the Master's Legacy, Perfected Being. Um. And the unlock is the same as always. Have three scored objectives, but then you flip it over to the uh -huh. front which says genetic memory, brilliance of the Hylar. I want to read the lore. I got to I gotta oh, read the lore yeah, on the, the back. Lore. Read Rin the for the Master's Legacy. The young Hylar's gills flared as swirling blackness filled her eyes. Headmaster, she gasped. I remember. I remember it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go, go ahead. Yeah, because they're fish. <laughs> they're fishies. <laughs> So here's the ability, uh, you dorks. Uh, <laughs> action. For each non-unit upgrade technology you own, you may replace that technology with any technology of the same color mm -hmm. from the deck and purge the card. Yeah. I honestly, I trip myself up on this one because I always, like, in my brain wanted to say, like, research a technology. And then I'm like, oh, so can you get assault? Can't You can get whatever tech you want. You get any... Mm -hmm colorful tech right any non-unit yep. upgrade technology you just get it so that thing where we were like oh i could get light wave deflector round one why why do that yeah. <laughs> you can get yeah. whatever you want later so mm -hmm. who cares uh this is also a stall which can be very very useful um but yeah you you swap out a bunch of text there will be a whole section later where we give the advice of what do you swap out and what do you swap in uh but just suffice it to say this is 
I, I love this hero. It is not one of the most powerful abilities in the game, but it is so deliciously appropriate for Jolnar, Ooh. where just the idea of Jolnar is, I don't really have to worry about tech too much. I kind of don't even have to think about tech too much because I can make mistakes and halfway through the game, fix my mistakes and just be fine. So whatever. Yes, it. I can confirm it is delicious. <laughs> um, and then our final component to talk about is, of course, the mech, mm-hmm. um, which is called the shield shield paling. Yeah. Is that right? No, you did it. Yeah. Um, it is a two cost, six combat, sustained damage mech as normal. And the ability reads, your infantry on this planet are not affected by your fragile faction ability. That's right. Uh, but, although notably, the mech is. <laughs> the mech is on a six, right. which yes. means it actually hits on a seven. But then your yes. infantry don't hit on a nine. They do, in fact, hit on their eights that you want them to have. So. Yeah. These mechs are, in fact, great to get out. Uh, you you have a reason to do it. We will talk a little bit about self-assembly routines and how it fits into your toolkit. Um, mm-hmm. But in general, I would advise you to get these mechs because not only are mechs good for HP and dealing hits, but they kind of save your butt on the ground game you're very bad at that we already noted. Like, if anything, yeah. the only thing we've said that's bad about this faction is their ground game, and you literally have a mech that basically fixes it basically puts you on par with everybody else i mean i i wouldn't go so far as to say it puts you on par with everybody else but if you have a big old stack yeah. of infantry suddenly they're not looking so, so bad. bad but yeah. i feel like you do need a bit of a stack yeah because i, I infantry agree. they don't hit that hard anyways right. like everybody else they just get a mech that hits on a six yeah you know, Nas Roke is over there with a mech that hits on like two sixes or yeah. whatever. Well, and, and importantly, too, this is not like a mech that you want to like stack on a planet, right? Necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like you really would like its ability to spread across multiple. So you don't get to take advantage on most ground combats of like, oh, the first two hits, I just sustain my two mechs and I keep it full fighting capacity. Like a single mech being added to your infantry stacks is like very little additional firepower to contribute. Yeah. Whereas a lot of other factions bring in three mechs and do massive damage with those three mechs and don't take a lot of hits. You know, like everybody else has a bit more versatility. Whereas I, I would basically argue these mechs are not very versatile for, uh, for the Jolnar. They kind of just need to park on the planets. You need them to be on. Yeah. They're a bit finicky in that way. Yeah. Um, I will say um, this is a live uh, question I'm submitting to Dane. Okay. If you're listening, <laughs> so the way the ability is written is your infantry on this planet. Are not affected by your fa- fragile faction ability this planet does that mean earth because that would actually mean all my infantry then does this planet mean the one that i'm, that I'm living on because it seems like so i just feel like there's gotcha, an issue Dane. <laughs> you wrote it wrong buddy technically uh, technically Got this planet could mean the one i reside oh, on oh you all are the worst you do these things you do this kind of stuff just to be clear uh let's talk let's let's give some overview before we cut away for a yes. break uh, uh, tell me tell me about their strength yeah they're good they're good at a lot they're good at kind of everything uh their start is actually incredible except for that one critical problem but you start with a massive leg up on a few critical objectives uh the ones being like you start with three structures one of the objectives is have four structures you are like the only person who can score round one off of that structure objective uh just by doing this just by doing the secondary of construction you don't have to do anything extra Mm -hmm. Uh, and the same is true for tech you can do 
any tech objective round one. You can get two unit upgrades or you could get two in two colors with no issue on either direction. Uh, so you're just like good at the early objectives. You're good at stuff. You're only, you know, the downside being that infantry. We'll talk about that in problems. But your economy is also near the top. You are one of the richest factions in the game because of all the things we've described. You have an influence-rich home. You have four commodities plus a promissory note that costs you nothing. And yeah. people pay top dollar for twice per round. Two people pay you top dollar for your promissory note. You add in e-res siphons for protection money, and you basically should never struggle. Like, economy is not where you should struggle. Production yeah. capacity, maybe. But economy, you will not struggle in. Uh, and you can choose to get your strongest defenses online so fast that other players can't even prioritize hurting you early. This is not a Nalu and Winu kind of faction where, oh, let's just go take advantage of them early. No, I can just research PDS2 round one, and actually there's kind of not very much you can do about me. Or, yeah. more importantly, I've got things that might make you turn a blind eye to how decently I'm doing round one. Maybe you would rather get paid in technology than come mess with me. I can just pay anybody off, pretty much. There's such a good, like, illustration of the crab bucket yeah. that is Twilight <laughs> Imperium. Because it's like, yes, sure, let's hurt them or stop them or whatever, uh -huh. but wouldn't you rather just be in on it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you really want to stand outside in the cold, my right. friend? Or right. come inside and warm yourself by the fire? <laughs> Well, let's talk about what their problems actually are, though. Like we said, you can get hurt in round one timings, and it is mostly a timings issue. Yes. Fixing the two infantry start is not like a hard or even expensive problem to fix. You start with Sarween tools. Like, you can do the secondary warfare, spend no money, and fix your problem. It's that the timing of that warfare is what's going to get in mm -hmm. your way. You will move your carrier out, take two planets, pop whatever strategy card you have, and then that's it. You really need warfare to pop. Uh, it's it's a problem, right? Um, so I would generally say suck it up and have a mediocre round one compared to having a tragic one because you absolutely could have a tragic round one if for some reason the table wanted to. You have the tools at your disposal to make sure people don't let you have a tragic round one, and you can just flaunt to them, listen, I'm all, I'm not going to do that well. I'm going to have a mediocre round one. I won't be mm -hmm. some scary fish, and just do it that way, and you don't have to just, like, single me out and punish me. There's other good factions at this table. I'm not the only thing to worry about. So don't just destroy my game on a bad warfare timing. I think that argument is always at your disposal. I've been on the other side a couple times of the argument where it's I'm playing a weaker faction mm -hmm. and Jolnar wants to gas me up yeah. because they figure at the end of the race, they're, they're going to cross it before I do, yeah. which sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, yeah. but I would always say yes. Yeah. Like, why would I say no to that? Like, if I'm playing a Sardak, that's like, yeah. this is like the platonic ideal, and Jolnar is like, I may be going to have a rough round one unless Sardak helps me out, yep. and I can get Sardak tech. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> done. yes, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm in, let's do it. You had me at talking to me at all. <laughs> yes, like, I'm already sold. Yeah, uh, our home production capacity is a problem. Um, and our agent gives us a big reason to improve it. Luckily, this is a very easy fix. Get a second space dock at home or get space dock mm -hmm. two. Or, hey, I got one for you. Why not both? Do both of those yeah. things and have a killer game. It's actually really great. Uh, we also uh, are, I would say our number one problem in a game long term uh, is 
we can often rely on good speaker order late game to capitalize on our solid position. We kind of need the speaker order to work out for us because we don't have some other trick up our sleeves. Our hero is lackluster. Our, you know, our tech is face up pretty much. Everybody knows what we have access to and none of those techs are going to give us some wild, brand new, fresh, uh, like aggressive ability. We, right. we really need the speaker token to to do what we do uh and that yeah. sometimes that just doesn't happen like sometimes you never even had a choice <laughs> it's just the speaker token never moved from the other side of the table and you had to deal with that so i it, i would say our biggest fallback is that we are not flashy we are you know mm -hmm. a lot of times we coast into a win but if it's gonna be a tricky win I don't know if you have the gas in the tank. I don't know that you can pull off the craziest stuff like an L1 or a Nomad or somebody else. Right. Framed another way, I would say we're not really a good Winslay carousel yeah. faction. It's true. In that we can maybe enable others if we see it ahead of time. Yeah. But if we're the ones that, I mean, think about the only thing we've isolated as the thing they're bad at, invasion. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're not good at that. Yeah. And sure, bombardment is awesome. A lot of home system planets have PDS, though. Yep. So how are we getting around that, yep. you know? Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, I mean, one way we can get around it is War Sons, but that, again, we said that's like out. it would be a specific mission to go for that, and it's not one we're going to recommend today. But uh, let's, before we get into actual recommendations, take a quick little break. Hunter, let's talk strategy cards as we tend to do round one. We're specifically thinking about what is actually good for Jolnar here. And um, somewhat similar to the SAR guide that I did recently, these are the kind of factions I play, which is you're really good. You should probably sandbag a little bit. You don't need to like go hard or do anything wild. But more importantly, that was like definitely the advice for SAR. Jolnar, it's like you could you could reach for the stars and you really could crash and burn. So I absolutely just advise having like a chill round one that facilitates the deals you want to make over the like, let's go stretch out and do everything that we could possibly do on the map. I, you're not going to do much on the map and you're, you're going to be doing everything above the table during round one. And that's kind of the focus of our strategy cards is ways to enable uh, round one, basically. So leadership. I'm calling mid-tier. It's really not that bad. Uh, again, it's like a safe pick. Uh, it helps you stall long enough if Warfare is going to give you trouble. It also lets you do a bunch of secondaries. You can get that construction out there in addition to doing Tekken Warfare. It's a nice little safe pick. If you're fourth or fifth pick, it's, you know, it's in theory pretty worth taking. I would take it over Diplo, basically, um, because I think you can come up with the money uh, for everything else, and I would just like to be, you know... It, it just safe and stable. My question is, what would the stall be as Jolnar? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it, it's, it is a burned token is what the stall is, right? Because oh, you don't God, have two yeah. movement units, right? Um, the, the alternative sometimes is what you're stalling for is like warfare did pop, but tech is like being weird or something. Like you're waiting for gravity drive in, in a strange mm -hmm. way. That can happen. Uh, and, and in some cases, like, you're also, I, I would also argue leadership can be used for the secondary at Diplo if it for some reason got picked early or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good point to bring up, Hunter, that it's, you know, it's it's not a, uh, 
lucrative stall. You don't have a trade ship. You don't start with a yeah, cruiser or destroyer. And no cruiser, no you destroyer. are asking everybody to come to you for research agreement, right? And that is annoying, basically. Sometimes tech does pop early, though, and literally all you're stalling for is uh, warfare. And in that case, you can get gravity drive and the dreadnought can get out there and do something if you yeah. need it to. The dreadnought does not need to take a planet. It can be your trade ship. So it's yeah. an option on the table every once in a while. Well, tell me about Diplo. Uh, Diplo, I don't like. You brought up a great point earlier of like a reason why it's a thing to do. Like, just go ahead and get your money. Who cares about making the table a little bit richer? But I don't like our home system for it. We kind of rely on the decent forward system to like make the most out of this. You know, I'd hate mm -hmm. to only get like $4 out of me popping Diplo. Like, that's not really ideal. And I think most of the other cards you're going to have access to are better for you than Diplo. But your mileage may vary. I just put it in the low tier. Um, it can be useful if we're really worried about like affording tech and warfare and the timings are going to be weird between those two. Like a Diplo right in between can, can have some use to it. But beyond that, I think it's just too ugly. I'm also known for being very paranoid about what Diplo, Warfare, and Tech do to each other and the relationship kind of mm -hmm. everybody at the table has. And I think Jolnar loses out on that. I think very often the Diplo player can lose out on that relationship. Uh, sometimes Warfare and Tech pop back to back or whatever. Or just, I just find it gets ugly. And we don't have room to mess around. We only have our two infantry. Like We don't have like time to wait around for stuff to happen everyone would have to like force themselves to make warfare diplo and tech happen in a right. comfortable order and i just think it's ugly so i, I don't like it <laughs> i like it i just want to yeah. say for the record i think i think diplo helps you yeah and i think that in a uh, at least it depends it depends on the meta yeah. that you play as um you know like i feel like i play in maybe a friendlier space you know i'm not so antagonistic or hateful to my opponents mm -hmm. and i don't like threaten their <laughs> livelihood or whatever <laughs> Um, I kind of just play the game with them and have a uh -huh, good time. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, but, but you know, to each their own, you know, <laughs> there's Europeans out there and whatever. Uh, but Diplo, I think that you do get included in that conversation with the tech yeah. person because generally it's the tech person that really wants to uh, get something yeah. out of you having Diplo. Right. Now, sometimes I feel like the warfare person, you're right, it can be a little bit dicey because sometimes the warfare player is just like, no, I just have this thing I'm doing. Yeah. Like right. it, I'm not actually trying to balance this with anything. Right. Um, but I do feel like more often than not, you can get something yeah. out of it. Yeah. But uh, politics is next up. It's definitely low tier. First off, we can custodians round one if we really want to. Uh, if we can buy cruiser two and get a cruiser, that's that's a lot just to be clear. But like it's super not impossible those are two cheap things ah. to do i can spend a token on tech get cruiser two and i can on warfare build a two dollar cruiser and i can take custodians round one i could also do it in like kind of a myriad of other little scenarios but all that to say like if i really care about custodians i can just do it round two so i don't need to do the politics into leadership round two uh but even more important than that i don't think custodians is incredibly important to jolnar's game i think we're stable enough to be able to afford imperial in the mid game or we're great at stage twos it's just like not where i want to hedge my bets uh mm. and politics does not help our two infantry problem there's nothing that politics gives us that assists right. in our two infantry problem which means you might be doing this like play to get custodians round one at the cost of actually a very empty slice that I know I've been saying like you can't be hit hard early, but like if you didn't do PDS two, 
you could be abused like you could be taken advantage of and this would be the way to do it is to like open yourself up by taking custodians i don't really think it's worth it and i think there's other ways you can get bonus points uh just compared to other strategy cards i'm i'm too yeah. focused on fixing the two infantry problem i mean i agree with you that politics is low tier i disagree that custodians is not worth taking i think that but i don't think there is a situation where you shouldn't take custodians yeah, yeah. I've, i don't think i've ever really thought of I, I'll word it in a different way. If, if custodians can like fall into your lap, you should do it. If if in those games, you know, where sometimes politics is like fifth pick and it's like politics or construction. Yeah. Okay, fine. Politics, whatever, you know, sure. Um, in a I'm trying to get the most ideal argument. I don't think politics is your second or third pick or anything like that. That's no, what makes it low tier. So, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I again, I completely agree on politics. You shouldn't really be factoring in because like you said, wisely, custodians round one you're one of the people that can do that yeah. if you're planning on doing custodians you may as well just take a better strategy yeah. card and make custodians happen yeah you know? exactly exactly uh construction i'm labeling as mid-tier it's fine uh it's a fine late pick especially it's really the only situation you're ever getting construction C construction is almost never a first pick there's like two factions in the game that are like hey yeah just take construction first and you're not one of right. those but it definitely uh, can help with our bottleneck for round two i wanted to note here construction does not solve your problem round one because what you're relying on round one is warfare and warfare is built out of one space dock at home not both mm. okay so not don't both. take construction thinking it's going to fix stuff you're still only going to build right. four units round one but going into round two you're like really set up for success you are very much in the clear and in fact can like really capitalize on things you can build a boatload of infantry round two immediately cash those in for their like really good value with your agent like it's just really really good um also getting more pds on the ground uh is great especially if you are choosing to go for pds2 somewhat early it makes your slice incredibly unappetizing so love a space stock at home and a pds forward with construction yeah i like i like this reasoning it makes a lot of sense uh last pick situation uh if you are choosing between diplo and construction you might end up making a lot of money anyway. Yeah, like exactly. And then Diplo is just, yeah, sure, you've made even more. I mean, right. you can never have enough money, can you? Or yeah. I don't know, can you? Right. Uh, construction is allowing you to work on that track that is heavily gated. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah, the way to think about it in, in the Diplo versus construction argument is Diplo, you know, if you can really make it all work, that money might help solve your two infantry problem. Construction doesn't solve your two infantry problem, and I won't argue that it does. But it does mm. solve your production capacity problem, which is your other huge kneecap in the game. So if you are not right. going to solve your two infantry problem, and Diplo might not solve it either, <laughs> then you might as well take construction. It's kind of the argument you're going to have with yourself when you're sixth pick Jolnar. Is, right. is also, Diplo going to work? And you can work that out, right? Like, do the math. Talk to the people. The rule right. with diplomacy is always talk to the table before you pick it and work out the deal before you've grabbed Diplo. Don't blind grab Diplo ever with any faction, I would say. Like, figure out what the plan is going into it, and maybe the plan will work. Right. Also, construction, if you if you choose not to double dock at home, which I don't think you have to. No, if like, you have a good honestly, forward system, I, like, do the yeah. double dock forward later. Like, it's going to be yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, um, but in a, and if you don't, then you have locked down the four structure yep. uh, objective that comes up later, and you are one secondary away from three outside That's of very home. Very good. You've basically like in round one said if any structure stuff comes up, I am a lock. Yeah, like there is no way Absolutely. to stop me from getting it. So. Yeah. 
yeah, we'll talk about structure stuff too, because guess what? This is also a really good process for getting ready for the stage two, which you might be the only person who can score, uh, but that'll oh, be yeah. like a whole note later. Yeah. Uh, trade, trade's high tier. It's always high tier. Money, money's yeah. good. More importantly though, what we already described is you don't have a trade ship. You need people to come to you. Being the person with trade is a great way to further incentivize everyone to come towards you. They, you right. You're going to sell them research agreement. They want to come to you. But when you have the trade, you also control how and when that conversation happens. So, yeah, mm -hmm. the money is just like generally great. But like getting the jump on. All right, everybody, I have trade. This is when I want to pop it. This is what you need to do to get yourself in the camp of being on the research agreement table. This is what I want to research. It's just the way to start all of that. And that's your priority around one, right? Outside of fixing the two infantry problem, it's starting the meta game, starting the above the table conversations about like how you're managing all of this money and tech you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It is. I mean, it's a no-brainer most of the time, and it's absolutely a no-brainer yeah. if you're Joel Nar, just because if you are the one holding tech or mm -hmm. trade, sorry, uh, the upper limit on how ridiculous this might get right now yeah. is nuts. Yeah. Uh, warfare. Warfare, I'm listing as high tier. It's a bummer that this is the case, but we have a two-infantry problem, and if we are worried about warfare secondary really getting us just take warfare we have a bad home dock for the secondary in general we're not like gonna make great inroads uh relying on the secondary and this just fully lets us control the timing of how we handle our round one like this is the key to that mediocre round one i was talking about if you have warfare you're guaranteed things are going to work out for you. There, there's almost no way the timings are going to get too ugly. You're going to get the money. You're going to build some more infantry at home. You'll probably even build them in time to spend some of them on tech if you really, really want to do that. I would say warfare is the way where if your meta is like a little bit less boat floaty and less talky, like if, you, if you're prepared mm. to have a heads down game, warfare is how you have that game round one, right? Round one, it's just like, I'm just going to do my own thing. And that means warfare is like, I'll just play my solo game and try to sell what I can. Um, I, right. I think it's the safest pick, even if it aims the lowest. Like it, it you know, you're not going to accomplish a lot with warfare because you're absolutely not double expanding. You're like barely getting stuff out there at all. You might even run into a little bit of money timing problems, with uh with tech but you can probably talk tech out of that especially because you're probably offering them research agreement just for the timing honestly you might not make money off of that one but you get the timing to work out for you so i i think warfare just kind of works um i i feel a little differently i think that that you know i wish that i agreed because yeah. i feel like we i just live in a world where everybody just takes warfare even though i've been trying to talk people out of it uh -huh. for forever <laughs> now i know in a world where people didn't ache warfare for kind of like i think kind of misguided reasons i would probably agree with this 100 percent, but i feel like people take it and then they they i i just feel like more often than not if you are higher up on the speaker order which is traditionally if you're saying high tier i don't actually it's this is getting complicated because right now i feel like the the way that warfare is valued in the abstract mm -hmm. Is one of the first couple people are going to take yeah. it, right? First so if three. we're Joel Nar and we're in that position where we can think about warfare, we're one of, one of those first couple people. But if I'm in one of those first couple people and I have access to stuff like trade, then I'm probably like going to just take trade yeah. and think, well, I'm probably going to make warfare work out for me. Right. Even something like tech, 
which uh, we haven't talked about yet, I feel like is better than warfare because now I'm going after yeah, warfare. Right. Just in and, turn order. And if I can just get the secondary off, I don't care about that primary. I just want the secondary to happen. Yeah. That's all I care about. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it can. I think I'm uh, an overly paranoid player in general, so I seek out the, the path of least resistance uh, in round one. I'm just so scared. Um, I, I think it does, like, set you up well, too, in general. I, I do think it's, like, a kind of pathetic build that you're guaranteed with warfare whereas if you're mm. doing the warfare secondary and the timings do work out like you'll get a decent build out of it you'll get you know right. two infantry and like a couple cruisers even or something i don't know like there, there's there's ways to do it but when you're doing this method you're literally getting like four infantry or two infantry a mech and a destroyer or something and you're like scraping to make the ends meet because the money hasn't come in yet like you're probably building at home second action is is what the warfare pick Right. sort of necessitates um and the money just might not be there yet because everybody hasn't sent out their trade ships or or whatever um so it, it absolutely is uglier and I, and I don't think it's wrong to like be kind of opposed to it i think you and i are always like this with warfare and diplo where i undervalue diplo and you value it a little bit higher and then i overvalue warfare and you value it a little bit lower and i think this is like pretty standard in our strategy guides in general so that conversation right. is out there i would also love to live in the world where warfare wasn't picked very often round one and we had factions like this like joel and i should be forced to take warfare right that's yeah. the world we should that's live what in. i'm saying exactly yeah what, what, what you're trying to argue is the factions that need warfare should be forced to take it and everyone else should be totally chill with not worrying about it and all of us two carrier factions should stop thinking about it at all yep yeah, I just feel like people it's it's it is yeah, it's very similar to the diplo problem where you are taking this thing and you're saying, "Oh, I get to do this." And it's like, "Well, so does everybody else, buddy." Yeah. Like, yeah. And 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 but I would say the reason I think it's worse is because the warfare primary in round 1 yeah. is worse is than the secondary. Yep, so I'm like, "What is it that you are getting?" Now, sometimes, you know, there is a Christmas land situation. Sometimes there's a situation where you're getting custodians round one off yeah. of warfare. Cool. Right. That's awesome. When that happens, which I don't see that enough. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, this was totally a, a time where it made sense. But mm -hmm. I feel like in general, I'm just not seeing that level of value for it. Yeah. And it lets a lot of people that would be really hurt by not having it to yeah. just kind of skate on by. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I should note here, Warfare is one of the best tickets to guaranteeing the Custodians play. And it's not some sort of grab, drive, lift the token, move twice thing. It's the build mm -hmm. that cruiser at home, definitely get cruiser two off of tech. Right. And you've built enough infantry as well where you absolutely just get there. And you have five infantry or you have five influence at home. Like Warfare is the ticket to Custodians round one. Right. But what I hate about that play, Matt, is that if you're not double building on round one then you're getting the same amount of plastic you would have gotten had you secondary yeah you know what i mean no, like sure. what you're describing i also don't you like it which is why i'm not secondary. recommending custodians for jolnar very heavily so I, yeah. I also am like not super on board with uh with doing it very much um let's finish up by talking about the technology strategy card itself i'm labeling it as mid-tier uh because yeah it's generally more useful for someone else to have this card but I do think some of us TI3 veterans hold that sort of mental space for don't take tech as Jolnar. That was absolutely the case in third edition. You could mm -hmm. research more tech 
in in am I even remembering it right? I don't know. You, th like there was a big reason to never take tech in third edition. Fourth edition, it's just saving you a token. Like that's all that it's right. really doing. Like you get to spend six bucks on two tech, no matter what happens. It just doesn't matter. Um, so what do you need to have happen with that token is the next big question, right? Instead yeah. of doing the secondary of tech, which is why this is just like a, I don't know. Yeah, maybe sometimes you just do it because then you get to control the tech timing and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. The bigger problem with any of this is if you're in that i'm down to my mid-tier picks territory tech's already been picked what are we talking about tech is the second first or second pick every single right. game that it's, you're not in that position so you just you won't see tech needing to be taken by you almost ever because you either you're early enough where there's something else you should take or you're late enough that tech already got taken so it's just not really a consideration you have to think about I like tech a lot. Two reasons I like tech a lot uh, is, first of all, I like being in control of the timing. Actually, I got three reasons then. Control of the timing yeah. is reason number one. Reason number two is going after warfare. Yeah. I think that's great for so many reasons that we've already talked about. Yeah. And the biggest one, the number three, is we are selling research agreement twice round one, buddy. We are yeah. making Buku's bucks. Yeah. We you, can sell it to the same person. <laughs> you can sell. It does open up. Your, you can sell research agreement twice uh without taking tech but it is considerably harder you gotta like make the neighbors and make the deals happen you gotta be neighbors with the person popping tech when they right. pop tech it's deeply complicated you don't have a trade ship so that can be hard to do like it's a weird yeah. thing to set up and yeah with tech much easier hey two of you get close to me and we'll just right. make it happen or it's again just one person even yeah. just one person like perhaps we're taking tech right so perhaps sell, someone's sell sitting to next them to twice. us i see what you're saying yeah. well no no no. It, it, i'm saying yeah sell to them twice absolutely but also because we sell to them before we pop exactly. tech, right and then right. when we pop it we can sell it to them again um but this is the biggest part of it if i am in the position as jolnar to take tech Almost always, I am sitting next to the person that took trade. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. part of yeah, it. Like that's part. part of that's that's just part of it. Yeah. So the fact that I'm next to that person means, dude, we are a lock on this dirty <laughs> deal. Like a hundred percent, it is happening. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, now that we're done talking about the tech strategy card, let's talk about tech and our philosophy towards it. Uh, you know, we we I I'm gonna I'm choosing to do as much detail as I can here. I think in previous guides we've been like hand wave it's tech i don't know bud do whatever but i do think we've gotten more refined in our thinking of like what's properly like good to do as jolnar and what line of thinking are you having so the thing i want to lead mm -hmm. with in technology is your guiding principle is two in four colors and three unit upgrades you you should be prioritizing that technically speaking if you research two tech every single round you kind of barely meet this threshold right right this is uh eight 11 tech you start with four you need to get seven tech to qualify for both of those stage twos and right. you'll be the only one that qualifies for the two and four colors like that's that's a great position to be in um yep. and you you need to have that so that's your stability that's your old base game you must get two and two like i would say you must get two and four and three unit upgrades you should just do that everything else about tech is a wide open playground that you mm -hmm. can really kind of make a mess of and do whatever you want with but you should fall in line with those. I would say there's like occasionally space to get like one more blue or one more yellow before you finished out the rest of the set, right? An early light wave might open up some opportunities that you need round three. Uh, getting E-Res siphons and transit diodes is something I've done plenty of times to really solve some problems in my game. So there's mm -hmm. plenty of times 
where you go above the two and four before you've done the three unit upgrades or whatever, but you need to make sure you're like lined up to do that by round five. Um, yeah. You can literally change whatever text you want to with your hero, though. So that's why it right. doesn't matter what you get <laughs> early on, as long as mm -hmm. you get those things. You can't change out the unit upgrades. So what you get as unit upgrades does matter. Like, that's like kind of the most right. important consideration is those are what you're going to have all game. Everything else technically doesn't matter. Really, what the logic feeds into, though, is why you want early economy techs. You don't really need the cool, flashy, heavy hitters until you're ready to pop them. A lot of techs operate right. in that quantum data hub node philosophy, which is like you use it once to win the game. And with Joel R, you have the advantage of waiting to get that tech until the moment before you need it and instead can invest in all of the other things that just sort of boost you in a bunch of different ways. What's hilarious mm -hmm. is you start with like two of them. <laughs> so you start with Neural and Sarween. So there's not like a whole lot of other economy techs that are critical to get, but this is one of our guiding principles is I can kind of get any tech that really helps me early knowing that I can turn it into a late game tech later and it's not a big deal. So you can make mistakes, but more importantly, if you're not making mistakes, you can have a great early game and a great late game that are that don't impede on each other in any way. Right. Um, it's so beautiful the way you get to dump like neural motivator, yeah. for instance, so on cool. the last round. Right. Like it's so that you're just like ditching that. Like anyways, this isn't going to give me anything yeah. anymore. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really great. Uh, research agreement also means with your tech path that if the price is right, you'll research whatever the buyer wants. Again, a lot of these techs don't matter. And sometimes the most economic decision is whatever's paying you the most. So mm -hmm. yeah, I will get Duranium in round two because Barony's paying out the wazoo to do it. Right, um, right. I would say in that specific instance, it better be the wazoo and the whole wazoo if you're just giving Barony Duranium. But in general, mm -hmm. like you are an open book when it comes to tech and you have some things you'd like to get but you don't need much of anything, which means anybody coming to you that wants to pay is front of the line. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's wild how much because of the hero, you can just kind of say whatever. Yeah. You know, if right. they want Graviton. Yes. All right. Sure, whatever. Maybe I you use can it or I'll swap now. it out later. I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I'm not married to any of this. Yeah. Uh, so with those sort of ideas aside, Let's talk about, let's highlight some tech that we do in fact like, uh, the stuff that kind of matters to us. And I think there's early tech and then there's like mid tech and then post hero tech, right? There's the stuff mm -hmm. we probably want to consider round one. Then there's tech we're getting throughout our game. And then there's the stuff we transition into. Those are those right. are like the three timings. So early tech, uh, gravity drive obviously is maybe a critical component of your round one you want to get to that equidistant because it's the juiciest thing near you or even the system next to mechatol sometimes gravity drive just is a part of the plan or more importantly somebody else wants gravity drive and wants to get it off of you so that they can do something fancier and you're like yeah sure gravity drive sounds good it yeah. does help me and it's going to help you too we're all, all the happier for it uh, the same logic applies to hypermetabolism. It's cool that you can get it round one. It's the most optimal way to research hypermetabolism. And most importantly, someone's probably paying you to get it. So you're going to get an extra few command counters and get paid to do it. I see no yeah. problem with that circumstance. It's it's not like the best tech you could get round one, but it's pretty mm -hmm. good. I mean, if you're going to get it, you get it round one, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, and, and it it is a sign, I think, of you having a game that's like, we are having a good economy day, yeah. you know. Yeah. What's funny to me about hypermetabolism is 
the whole point is like if we get it early we get more tokens in total it, it pays for itself really really well but my argument with hypermetabolism is you probably will get rid of it with your hero right so you actually won't get the more tokens than someone who got it in round two right and had it pop round two three and four you maybe have it rounds one two and three and then swap it out for something else Oh, you pop the hero in round three. Uh, maybe not round three, maybe round four, but before the round four hypermetabolism procs, right? So it's still just three tokens. That's that's interesting. I'll be interested to hear that because I, I thought it was just round five always. Oh, I, I don't think so. There is a case for it, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, so so those two are, are great sales. Transit diodes is one uh, that I love for me because guess what? Are you scared of your infantry two problem? Solved. Transit diodes, you send the stuff out, you get transit diodes, and you send them back home to go send again. You don't need to get more infantry. You can take mm. the planets you need with just two infantry. It's like not perfect, but it's one of your solutions. It's one of the tools in your kit. And also, yellow tech, a lot of people don't come to you craving transit diodes, but people right. do want yellow tech. There's a few factions out there that are like, I'll pay you for a yellow tech because it's mm -hmm. going to get me, Mentac, closer to mirror computing or me, Hakan, closer to quantum data hub node. And so it fits perfectly into the plan because it's like, oh, it's going to help my round one and I'm going to get like an extra buck of what I would have gotten from some other sale uh, to help one of these players get, get their money out. Um, also, transit diodes is a second yellow that could combo really well with a quick space dock two that i like a lot like it a lot played a couple games where i went early space dock two and they were some of the breeziest most comfortable jolnar games i've ever had uh it's a it's a great unit upgrade for them whether the space docks are in your home system or like abyss freya or whatever mm -hmm. there's it, it's it's really good uh pds2 is another round one worthy tech and it's basically do I have SAR next to me? Do I have Cabal next to me? Do I have a scary right. neighbor? Let's just throw the deterrent up and they will go away for sure. Um, there's a couple factions that might want to get PDS2, especially if the unit upgrade thing comes up. Great. PDS2 is like your number one unit upgrade you just should have in general. Right. And everybody's going to be pining for two unit upgrades so you'll get paid to get pds2 kind of no matter what but it's also three shots coming out of your home system with re-rolls by round three maybe even by round two if you buy you know if you get those eight upgrades or those eight techs by round two you have lots of re-rolls in your whole slice so pds2 is just great in general yeah pds2 really locks down your slice for you know for a while yeah i would say yeah. basically until we get to round four i'd say like yeah. that deterrent is big enough to last that long yeah, definitely it's it's super duper an early game when people do weird little like let me go snatch this it's like well you're not going to snatch mm -hmm. anything from jolnar uh self-assembly right. routines is a red tech you could get and it's a great one to do early because it's the like the quintessential i'm going to exchange this for a different tech later right tech, right <laughs> uranium it, it, it basically <laughs> has a shelf life and you might as well toss it out later but you get your four mechs on the board for free it's especially good round one if you have a hazardous planet in your slice like doing the secondary warfare two infantry and a mech then that mech goes and gets a really great explore on the on yeah. the hazardous planet like it's great it round one so it's absolutely worth getting especially considering you can throw it out later other factions yeah. Are like yeah i got self-assembly and then it kind of stopped paying for itself but for you it's just like and then i turned it into assault cannon or duranium armor or right. an agent <laughs> oh okay <laughs> we'll get there uh, all Interesting. right 
Cruiser 2, I'm making a minor mention of. We talked about it with Custodians. More importantly, I would say if two unit upgrades is one of the objectives that you're choosing to do, if the other one is like weirder, uh, you can do PDS2 and Cruiser 2 as your two tech round one, and it's a great solution. Cruiser 2 will pay off in later rounds. It's, it's a good tech to get early if you're going to get it at all. Um, so I think it's worth it. I don't get it in like a vacuum. It's not like the only one I get, but also sometimes you get paid to get it. Someone else really wants cruiser two early and it becomes part of that. So it's, it's lower on this list, but it is on the list. Uh, and the last one is Erez siphons. I actually don't really like getting it round one, but a lot of people do. Um, the way I would say it's not actually a deterrent, right? Is the problem. That's what I don't like about it. Is it doesn't actually keep anybody from doing anything to you. They just have to weigh, is it worth giving Jolnar $4? The reason Erez Siphons is a good early tech is if you're doing the nasty business right away. <laughs> like if you're just getting right. right into it, if it's Necro or Mentak or Soul or Hakan, then get Erez Siphons round one. The the bigger reason I don't like Erez Siphons round one is nobody's paying you for it they can't copy right. e-res siphons so it's not a sale uh, of research agreement and i don't like that round one i think you need to get paid for all of your tech round one and then you can get e-res siphons round two it's fine it's not a big deal um but right. getting it within the first two rounds is pretty standard yeah yeah i mean i love it whenever you got somebody that's gonna go dirty with you yeah. okay so that's all i have for like early game round one maybe even kind of round one and two considerations for tech so mm -hmm. we're going to transition into the stuff that's like, I think you should get this like at any old point. It's not factoring into the hero. And really, this is right. just the unit upgrade section, actually. <laughs> like the, the secret yeah. here is I'm not talking about any other techs uh, except for unit upgrades and the ones that I think you should get. Uh, and first on my list is Dreadnought 2. Um, because my main reasoning for this is we, are, we still are, I think, in the world where we're doing the opposite of Sardak Normath. Sardak right. Normath is my... Plus one to combat means the more things I can put that plus one on yeah. is like the best way to increase my odds. So a ton of Crappy fighters is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and since we have the negative one, the less things we apply that negative one to the kind of less damage we do to our odds. So fighter swarms are good for HP and like we do want hp like we do need to still right. have fighters but you always have to have hp there's you no always way have around to have that. hp yeah but they hit so horribly for us that we really can't rely on them for any level of hits we need some of our ships to do hits so we need Absolutely. dreads to be as good as they can possibly be um obviously our our combat role like doesn't go up with dread too but the movement uh is is a big deal we want to just be investing we want to build dreads so we might as well have dread too right we, we should well, get yeah all we've only out We've only got five dreads, right. so they need to be able to go wherever we need them yes. to be. I don't know about you, but I'm all cowboy probabilis probabilistic <laughs> math at this point. Uh -huh. Whenever I'm playing Twilight Imperium, I don't use the battle calculator. Don't In general, I would say don't use the battle calculator, people. <laughs> uh, it makes you worse at the game. You should look at it. And you should be able to figure up in your head around where your average mm -hmm. is of a fleet. You should just kind of have that memorized. Right. You're not always going to hit your average. That's right. how averages work. Like, it's <laughs> their outliers. Yeah. But with Joel Nar, when I'm doing my average math, I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. We're not getting any hits. Right. Unless there's a dread, basically. Yeah. yeah. Is what is kind of the way it works out in my head. That's not true in actuality. Yeah. We're talking about a negative one. 
uh, on the Jolnar side and then a plus one on the Sardak side. Yeah. Uh, but still, that's a big difference. And yeah, you're not, you're just not going to get things going in your favor. Yep. So if you want any guaranteed hits, we better not be talking about one dreadnought. We better be talking about multiple dreadnoughts yep. if you want a single guaranteed hit. Right. Well, and also keep in mind too, like we need bombardment. Like bombardment is a key factor in our ability to fight the ground game. Right. We don't have a ground game, which is why like cruiser two could be cool. It's a bunch of bonus range. It's like not a decent, or it's not that horrible of a role for us, but it's, mm -hmm one thing with one capacity to bring like a single infantry like that's just not gonna do it for us right i said earlier cruiser 2 is fine if we get it like super duper early and it's we specifically want like unit upgrades round one or whatever but beyond that consideration cruiser 2 kind of falls off in like how much it's really bringing to the table where dread 2 doesn't like we, we want those bombardment roles from dread 2 we right. want dreads to be a part of our fleet ecosystem so let's make sure they have the range to do it, especially if we're going to get rid of gravity drive in the late game, which is totally a viable option sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dread, having Dread 2 and my next recommendation, which is Carrier 2, if those are our unit upgrades, we can lose gravity drive and still have fleets that kind of get where we need them to be if, you know, if we're willing to restrict ourselves that much. Um, Carrier 2 is also good because, again, fighters aren't perfect for us. But we do need to bring more ground forces to fights than other mm -hmm. people. So the mm -hmm. bonus capacity on Carrier 2 is absolutely helpful in getting stuff to the ground game. So right. Carrier 2, always a great unit upgrade and continues to be uh, really good for Jolnar. Yeah, so Cowboy Math. Uh, so how many fighters do you need to have before a cowboy would tell you that you might get a hit? <laughs> Ten. <laughs> Ten fighters? Uh, no, it's not that. It's if not... you're a Jolnar, well, I, actually, that is sort of my point, I guess. Yeah. Jolnar, it's ten. Yeah, right. Everybody else, it's five. It's five. Yeah. Right? Like, right. that's how bad it is. Right. It's, it's really bad. That At those numbers, like at, at where fighters hit at, minus one is mm -hmm. half your odds. You've really yeah. gutted yourself. That's, that's exactly the problem. Whereas losing one value on our dread is like a really minimal percentage loss. Uh, and, and carrier bringing more ground forces to endure the fight uh, is is very, very important. And then again, I'll just re-harp that gravity drive point of like the bonus range. Right. We could even potentially get rid of gravity drive, whatever. Um, right. Those two are also up there because we're almost definitely getting a second blue. Like we, we're almost definitely getting gravity drive in most games. It's just, it mm -hmm. just comes up. Like you, uh, even in games where I'm like, I'm going to not do gravity drive this game. There became a reason where within the first two rounds I needed to get it. Half the time it is because someone else is like, can I buy a research agreement and you get gravity drive? And you're like, well, I'm not going to pass that up. I, I, I might mm -hmm. as well. It's a good tech for me to have. So right. in thinking we don't have the tech skip on our unit upgrades, like one of the earliest things we're going to have is two blue and then one right. of all the other colors. So I think generally speaking, that's why Dread 2 and Carrier 2 are also up there as opposed to Infantry 2, Destroyer 2, all of that stuff. Like we, we, we qualify for these right away. This is where I'll also bring up Space Dock 2. It's very common that we get our second yellow right away, whether it be E-Res siphons or transit mm -hmm. diodes, which means we do qualify for Space Dock 2. It's sitting right there. We'd really like to have three unit upgrades. Maybe you don't go PDS two in a game and you go space dock two instead and you you just like really focus on production capacity. Right. I think this is a strategy that works great for Jolnar. Again, especially because our rule of thumb is we have to bring more stuff than other people to fights. Right. Because it's not gonna hit as often. We just need straight up more of it. So we really have to fix our production capacity problem, and space dock two is like a really good ticket to that.
Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It solves your problem, and you have so much tech that getting Space Dock 2 is not a weird thing. Let me ask you, though. Why why not Fighter 2? What's, what is, why is Fighter 2 not included in this discussion? You know, I think it's a fair question. I, I never seem to make time for it because, the, mm-hmm. like, I mean, honestly, usually the upgrades are the thing I'm saving for last. I fill out the two and four colors, and then I start getting upgrades to prep for the late game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get your two unit upgrades like right away. And then the third one you're sort of squeezing in is how it always feels to me. Like you're just sort of like, right. I'm crossing the finish line with that third unit upgrade. And I just think fighter two is like fourth in line or something. Cause it's, cause mm-hmm. really it's, it's some bonus movement, right? Those fighters can like all kind of become a part of the fight, but right. the fighter two thing that is like, you don't need to have capacity. That's not a real thing, right? For Nalu, their fleet supply thing being half. Now these fighters like have this kind of relevance beyond our capacity sometimes. Mm-hmm. But with fighter two, you are still generally in like a fighting scenario. You are using fighters that are within capacity because you're filling up all of your fleet supply with carriers and dreadnoughts, right? So right. that part of fighter two kind of doesn't exist to me. And then we're just putting our fighters like on par with everybody else, which isn't you know that's that's fine that's good it's doubling our odds right of of scoring hits with fighters that's a pretty amazing thing but yeah i just feel like i've not generally found the space for it the other thing that like puts space dock 2 above it for me personally is i find value in like really farming out that agent where it's like yeah i spend only infantry like if i get space dock 2 i'm never spending another dollar on tech I'm spending six infantry and then immediately replenishing those infantry with three bucks worth of infantry. Like it's, right. it's it's a good little ecosystem that lets me spend more on other stuff. I can just start hoarding trade goods for the late game. I, I don't see what Fighter 2 does to my toolkit more than these other techs do. Yeah. I mean, for me, it, I feel like it allows you another path, which is to kind of go fighter swarm. Yeah. Um, it, it's also, I'm getting a vibe from you that maybe you don't research sling relay that much whenever you play Jolnar. Because I I'm don't. a big sling relay right. guy. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, sling relay makes it so that that's how we get all the capital ships out. Right. And all of the space dock capacity is just for fighters and infantry. Right. And that's all I use that for. Yeah. So in that scenario, space dock two isn't really much of a factor. Yeah. Like, Right. Because it, as long as I'm getting the extra use case out of Sling Relay, I mean, maybe a forward dock is a factor, mm-hmm. but Space Dock 2 is not solving a problem for me if I get Sling Relay. But if you're going without Sling Relay, then yeah, I think Space Dock 2 does make sense. And then yeah, you're probably right. You don't have enough time to throw yeah. Fighter 2 into the mix. I, I just want to ma- make a little argument for I think, it. And I think there's an argument there for it. I, I do also, I think it's just that my line of thinking is that these fighters are primarily literally just the hp shield and mm-hmm. even doubling their odds is still pretty bad odds for getting hits whereas my fourth and final like upgrade i would recommend is destroyer 2 and i'd probably get destroyer 2 before i'd get fighter 2 as well because yeah i'm gonna still just sort of like have this rough hp problem but if it's hp versus hp the quickest right. way to make that a fair fight is for just my afb to roll twice on a die on a coin flip right well yeah so this is how i play it is the third unit upgrade is either Destroyer 2 or Fighter yeah. 2, depending on the opponents. Destroyer 2 is not always no, useful. There's lots sure. of factions where Destroyer 2 doesn't really do anything yeah. to their deal. 
Yeah, I, I didn't end up getting Destroyer 2 in the games I played like in the last couple months as Jolnar. I never ended up getting Destroyer 2. I have done it before. I think right. it's a great tech for them, but it is absolutely like a situational kind of thing um, to go for. But everybody who's ever gotten it in the situations where it's useful will tell you, holy crap, it's like the best tech in the game for Jolnar. Like it's incredible when it uh, is relevant, basically. Right, of course. <laughs> um, okay, so... That's all of my uh, mid-game techs, my unit upgrades that I think are, like, really worth it. Uh, the next section here in tech is to talk about that hero and what we're getting rid of and what we want to get. Those are the two things I've split it up into because it's not always, like, a one-to-one -one thing. There's, mm -hmm. there's stuff you want to get, the stuff you're probably okay with losing. Uh, so first, let's talk about uh, what we are okay with giving up the first and I want to know when we're doing this that's my big question when does okay. this happen um I think I've listened where did I list it in this guide it's it is coming up it's here I'll, I'll say it right now I I think it I've made a case for it in round four in more games than I would have thought I, I think it's most at home in a final round right because you just mm -hmm. you don't need the stuff to do tricky things until the end and it's a stall and like there's not a there's certainly not a need to do it sooner except for the way a Jolnar game can be paced out is you are kind of a target uh, at this right. point in the game or whatever and sometimes in round four you need to be making some of your moves not aggressive moves sometimes it's pulling stuff back from what you did in round three or whatever but sometimes mm -hmm. you need to get your stuff ready to go in round four i also uh, one of my other games was just that i literally had uh prove endurance and round four was seemingly the one people were going to stall less hard on uh, right. So I had to pop it that round because it was like, I stall, I'm going to get bio stims and sling relay off my hero. That's two mm -hmm. more stall. Like I just went for that, that route. And I, I, in multiple games, I've come up with a reason to do it in round four, even though I do think you're aiming for round five. Like I, I absolutely agree with the logic that you're mostly thinking about. It's not like a Hakan hero where it's like, do it as early right. as you can to get the stuff out there. Yeah. It's, it's you, you, you can absolutely wait on things i would i would argue i just would struggle to pop it before i mean if it's for a point it's for a point and yeah. if you're using a component for a point you're doing it correct <laughs> like if there if you were if if there's no other way to score that point besides you using that component yeah there's no arguing with that that is absolutely bulletproof but i'm what i'm con the thing that i would think about with it is until you know what the stage two is, right. you don't I don't you feel like you have enough information to actually go off of yeah. what kind of final round it's going to be right. and what you are going to need. With the big question, of course, the most obvious thing would be like light wave. Yeah. But there's a lot of other things that are less obvious yeah. that I feel like are also fully informed by the stage two. Right. I think that's um, a really good point of like like a decision point too is because you can have Joel in our games where you're not necessarily leaning into the stage two you found a bonus point seed came up right. or something like everybody got right. a bonus point or there's any number of factors you did the round three imperial mechatol point or something mm -hmm. and if you're in that situation round four might be the like i gotta get my stuff ready to go because i'm gonna get punched in round five like i, I need right. to prepare for that Whereas oh yeah, of course. If your if your tempo is no stage two, then it doesn't matter. But I agree with you. If, if your tempo is stage two, that's when you're like, you should wait until you know what the heck that is. Because also functionally, there's no difference really in popping your hero at the end of round four 
and the beginning of round five, except for knowing that stage two, right? Like yeah. beyond anything else, you haven't accomplished anything by doing it at the end of round four. And you're probably not doing it like early round four. That would be pretty weird to, to like make that the point you do it in. Textbook example, even further than what I was saying before with Lightwave, I think even the more obvious point is anti-mass deflectors. Yeah. So obviously would love to throw anti-mass deflectors away, but all of a sudden empty space comes yeah, up exactly. as the stage two right. and we've thrown it away. Yep. Well, that's now you are it's fully really dependent on tech being taken. What are you going to take it yourself? Now you score on the seven away. Your whole game is ruined yeah. off that decision. For sure. Yeah. It's funny too, because that's my first one to talk about is you, you're always at least thinking about getting rid of anti-mass. Of course. Depending Why wouldn't on your you get rid of it? Yeah. You don't it's, need if, it. If, if it, it's not an <laughs> asteroid field game, it's useless. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to have it. Yeah. 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 Uh, gravity drive is another one you might consider giving up. And the only reason I even say this, it feels weird to give up gravity drive, but like when the trade-off is fleet logistics and light wave and you haven't, like you didn't go further into blue and I've had plenty of games where I did not go three deep into blue. I, I, mm -hmm. I went three deep into yellow too deep into everything else and i'm literally just swapping out my two blues then and right. yeah i want i want sling and light wave or i want free right. logistics and light wave or something and that's when it is okay to get rid of gravity drive especially if you did the right upgrades that it's not punishing you uh by by you know doing that um but i i definitely don't do gravity drive automatically there are there are certainly games where that's not going to be the right choice uh, mm -hmm. to get rid of that neural motivator obviously especially in round five if you're doing a round five get rid of neural motivator what are you doing uh, the problem with neural motivator uh we'll talk about in the what are you gonna get <laughs> what green tech are you getting instead there's like only mm -hmm. a couple options kind of and both of right. them are also just like i mean sure you get that i guess because you just don't need neural motivator there's no reason not to um right uh sar we we researched it with the intent of getting rid of it. You are going to get rid of self-assembly routines. You don't care about the trade good ability on your yeah. next. Uh, you have plenty of trade goods at this point. You got You're the good. value out yeah. of it. You, you already made the money. You, you did so. it. You, you got four free mechs on the board, and now it's time to cash that puppy in. Um, those are the main things I think about getting rid of. You could get rid of Sarween tools, uh, but more importantly, yellow is not something I end up trading out in the end game. The only thing I could do is swap out ScanLink or swap out Sarween tools for ScanLink if I'm doing mm -hmm. any sort of uh, fragment farming or something yeah. like that, right? If, I, if I'm doing... The same goes for, like, anti-mass to just get DET. Like, if we're going gambling, right. let's go gambling. That's something great to do with the hero is to switch into the gambling thing. I'm not really talking about any of those in this, but I should throw it out there that you, you can switch to that. But beyond that, with yellow, like, I usually end the game with Sarween, uh, E-Res siphons, and transit diodes. I don't know what other yellow tech I could want. Predictive, I suppose. You, you should throw out uh, Sarween mm -hmm. and get predictive. That's probably the thing you should just go ahead and do. Yeah, I mean, especially if it's if it's a blind pick, if you haven't seen the stage two. Yeah. Predictive, I feel like probably, I mean, it's going to actually line up with some objectives. Yeah. Whereas Sarween does not. So, so Sarween doesn't really provide you anything yeah. anymore. Right. So, I mean, it's worth throwing it away just to have something. Yeah. That, I mean, even Graviton might be might relevant, be you know. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, when I write this outline, I just forgot to think about yellow tech. So there's no yellow tech written on here at all. <laughs> so if this is a live me realizing, oh, yeah, I didn't talk about Sarween tools at all in this outline. Time to talk about it. Uh, so what do we want to get, though? What's what are we after? Uh, we basically already talked about blue tech. Light wave, definitely one. Mm -hmm. um, getting rid of neural motivator and one of our blue techs. Biostim sling relay sounds great, honestly, in a lot of situations, especially stall yeah. potential, just straight up mm -hmm. stall potential to hold out your final round moves until the last possible minute. 
especially if you're doing your hero, like that is three baked in actions that you don't have to do other stuff during. That sounds yep. great to me in so many situations. Um, and that's probably my number one green tech to swap for. Uh, you might also, if you got hyper metabolism uh, because somebody had you research it or whatever, and it's probably just, it's probably the green tech you got after right. uh, starting with neural motivator. You should just swap that puppy out for x89 bacterial weapon. I don't know that you're going to use x89 bacterial weapon, but I don't know what other green tech to recommend mm -hmm. to you. And that one might come up, <laughs> especially though, right. if you got war sons, if for some reason you did get war sons in your game, uh, hey, baby, you're going to want to get x89 bacterial weapon. That's going to be really cool uh, that you have those two techs in conjunction with each other. Also, biostims might go with predictive. So, I mean, yeah. predictive and gravitant. So, yeah. if you end up with predictive, gravitant and sling, that's a lot of options for like how you might utilize right. biostims. And I like the versatility, yeah. even though sling relay is the most obvious use case because it's an action, right? But right. but the others are at least keeping your opponents on their toes about how to deal mm -hmm. with you. You at least you get to do it twice and then immediately biostims it. And then you're just like, and now I can still do whatever I want with these other, you know, these other things. Right. It's, it's all, all my stuff is on the menu, basically. Um, after that, there's a big question about red tech, honestly. Um, and I, I go a lot of different directions with red tech. Um, I didn't write Duranium on this outline. That's mm -hmm. wrong. Y like, you should consider Duranium. Duranium. You have, yeah. a lot, you have a bunch of dreads. Duranium's going to be great for you. Mm -hmm. But also, Assault Cannon is, like, a very good tech. And it's not too hard to make sure you have three ships, like, in each of your systems. I mm -hmm. am a weird little freak. And I... I find myself getting mage in defense grid um but i was kind of running the numbers even hmm. in prepping this guide and i don't think mage in, you know works out my logic with mage is we're bad on the ground game well one thing we can do is uh and we're talking about mage in defense grid omega which right. uh means we get to like score a hit like before the combat even starts right they got they got to assign a hit um but the math is wrong here because a, you've already probably fired, if, if, if they're coming into territory with structures, you've already fired PDS at their ships and at their incoming ground forces. Uh, Majin starts to feel like win more on that side mm -hmm. of the defenses. Whereas what you really needed was assault cannon to take care of, either they have to bring a dummy destroyer or they don't know how to get around your assault cannon on the defense. Like if we're talking about holding on to a win, if all of my critical systems have three capital ships in them, my opponent has to figure out how to deal with that. It's, of course, right. possible to figure out, but some factions can completely struggle to, like, get the right fleet composition to come into an assault cannon-ready thing. And the same goes for me on the offenses. I, I can catch someone off guard and snipe a carrier. Sometimes right. it's an offensive defense. You just go sniping some ships, and then they can't find a way to retaliate back against you. So it's mm -hmm. really hard for me not to make assault cannon, like, the number one recommendation, even above Duranium. Because I, I just find there to be more, even more versatility in it. Whereas Duranium is definitely the like, that's some HP. If we're talking about needing HP, right, to just sort of survive right. fights, that is, that's, and we got that's a way too, to do it. So and we have Dread we too. Just, like it, yeah. It's definitely investing in the Dread army. Um, if I were willing to get rid of plasma scoring, I would say get both, but I'm not. Like, you need to keep plasma scoring. In no way would we recommend get rid of plasma scoring. It's way too important to, like, all of the things in your toolkit. Um, but to just throw out self-assembly routines, like, I, I don't think Duranium and Assault Cannon is better than one of those two in plasma scoring. Although, I don't know. Check your board I state. You, I think you could think about... I, I don't yeah. think plasma scoring is... 
off limit. I mean, because yes, it's an extra die and it's a reroll die, but yeah. there's going to be a lot of games where that's not going to be very relevant. Right. Like think about Plasma versus like, like let's say you're playing a defensive game because you're winning, mm -hmm. which might be likely. You want to you want to get rid of Plasma in exchange for both Assault Cannon and Duranium and right. then change out one of your yellows for Graviton. That's a lot more punch, right. really, to the me. The Graviton is like, what's replacing Plasma, basically, in that situation. Yeah, you and the Assault Cannon, yeah. and Duranium. Like, right. why choose? Like, yeah, I, I mean, Assault I, Cannon, if you have the right setup, Assault Cannon is a guaranteed hit, whereas Plasma scoring is a 25% chance at a hit, or whatever the math right. equals. Yeah, but it just depends, because, yeah, the it, it depends on what, you know, I mean, if you have to bombard the last uh, right. ground force, then, yeah, you got to keep gotta Plasma. Keep yeah. So yeah, it just there's... depends on... on the exact situation but i feel like those are kind of the like metrics yeah. i mean i'll never forget uh the prelims game last year that i lost uh that where i had graviton and it almost saved me mm -hmm. but then there was like something had messed up and you know we just like because i'm a cool guy we were able to just like we went all the way through the action but then we completely wound it all the way back so that the other player could win, uh -huh. basically. Actually, yeah. it wasn't even that player. It was another person <laughs> won. And I think they would have won regardless of what happened with that. But, you know, because I'm a cool guy, uh -huh. Uh -huh. when there was a huge mistake happen, let's just wind it all back. You know what I mean? Like, all, let's let's wind it 15 minutes back. That's cool. <laughs> we could start the whole game over. I, I think that yeah. makes sense. I mean, it Yeah, makes yeah. Sense. Some people play different. Some people will be like, oh, you messed up. And we're just going to live with this because I like that. <laughs> And no winding back at all. And you know what? How about that be sudden? Like suddenly no wind back. And I have to just be like, that's cool, you know? Because whatever y'all want, you know, I'm just stuck in this little hole with you all, you know? And whatever you want, I just I just give it to you, you know? Just have it, you know? Check out our YouTube uh, sometime. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about uh, the meta trading. That's enough of tech. You get it. You get how tech works. We've done you it. You get it. It's um, all the tech. Whatever ones you want. Uh-huh. So uh, in our trade game, obviously, this whole time, the focus has been on research agreement. Uh, this thing is like basically worth $8 around. That's maybe being generous. I don't know. I, I, it's at least like six bucks around is the math that a lot of people will talk about. They'll say you can definitely sell research agreement for three bucks, right? You for, mm -hmm. Per pop. Which means the six bucks you spend on tech should be paid for by the two people you're sharing that tech with. And so tech for you, in theory, is free, right? You're just yeah. getting free tech uh, for right. the cost of a command counter or whatever. Um, you, you should be trying to get it out there. I think the biggest thing to think about, though, at a higher level with Jolnar is exactly who is getting that tech and when and how and what, you mm -hmm. know, what, how are you keeping things balanced? I don't like to buff up like one person. The and especially the factions that can most reliably afford tech all the time are not the ones you need to be boosting up to that degree. Like we're talking about like mm -hmm. Hakan. Hakan does not need to receive that many bonus techs. They don't need eight techs. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. they don't need every single research agreement all game long or like more than half of them. That's way too good for like a faction like Hakan or Soul or whatever. A lot of the factions mm -hmm. that can afford it. Why not boost up Sardak and Barony a little bit and these other factions that are like pining for it and you keep everything on like an even keel. You keep the entanglement alive and you make everybody happy so that there's not somebody who's just like really pissed off that they never got research agreement because you just kept it in Soul's hands all 
game long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is tough because this is a little more an opinion on like meta style. Yeah. You know, right. obviously, if you're doing like, I mean, especially because you you called out Hakan, so like, yeah. I guess you're not doing like catfish. Matt is anti-catfish. <laughs> There's no catfish in Matt's world. Uh-huh. Uh, if this this is a style choice, this is not it like is. I yeah. actually agree with Matt in this case. I'm kind of the same way. I don't really like to go ride or die with somebody yeah. um, because I can't trust anybody. I right. mean, there's no one in this world that I can trust, you know, <laughs> not even my own parents could I ride or die with in a game of TI at right. this point. Right. Um, and that's mostly because they don't know how to play. But even if they did know how to play, <laughs> they'd be like, ha ha, I tricked Hunter. Everyone saw. And, wow. and they, you know, and then they become this legend on this weird shadow discord <laughs> that I don't know about where a bunch of like weird people say mean stuff. But then I do hear about it, actually. That's what I want all those people to know. <laughs> is I actually do hear about all that weird stuff mole. you're typing. I just want you those. all to know that you have a mole. Oh, all of the shadow discords have a mole, and all of your stuff is getting to me. Yeah. All right, um, I hear about all of it. Uh, you dorks. Um, <laughs> Here's my other point, though. To this is like, oh, we can say ride or die, but realistically, like when we're doing these sales and it's turning into an auction, right? Of who's actually mm-hmm. going to get it. The the rich faction, they're only paying you like a dollar more is, is the way I think about it. Like, yeah, I can make one dollar less and not boost someone out of my control because especially mm-hmm. it's less than just a, like a, a ride or die kind of thing to me. It's like I'm in maybe it's because I play with like RYs too much or something. But the logic in a lot of my games is if you boat float too hard with one other person, the rest of the table goes, then I don't, I could care less what happens in this game. It's your, it's explicitly your problem to fix. Like Jolnar, <laughs> you made Hakan a problem and you can just let Hakan win or you have to stop them. We are not going to take place. Like we're not going to take part in the wind sleigh. So that's why I've, I don't do like hard boat float, hard ride or die. Mm-hmm. I do table boat float. Like let's keep everybody. That's what DeSugar does. That's what I see DeSugar do. And and, and I'm going to yeah. follow DeSugar's lead because they uh, are really good at this board game, turns out. Well, they quit. So, I mean, <laughs> how good are they? You know what I mean? Like Quitters never now, win. So. Now we're in charge. You know what I mean? Like DeSugar's reign is over, you know? Uh-huh. It's our game now. Uh, but more important than money, if it isn't just about dollars, it's about favors. Uh, if tech objectives are out, your research agreement helps people score objectives. So what do you need in exchange? You should be able to score easy stuff, too, uh, because wow. you're handing out points uh, is is the way I would think about it. You, it's It's not always as explicit as that, but if it's just money, you can take my point above. Oh, don't just take $1 more to boost someone up. But if it's for points, if it's for like good favors and and more important mm-hmm. things, like you should do the things that are like really good for board position, really good for for yeah. uh, tempo and all of that stuff. You know, I I will yeah. boat float a bit more in that regard, I suppose. You know, everybody's always talking about how Cole, Cole Worley's out there making these games that are like <laughs> explaining various complicated historical situations uh-huh. and how evil they are. But then we're over here with our stupid science fiction game being like, if you have money, try to get money, but also try to get people to just do stuff for you. <laughs> I mean, aren't we sort of covering it here? Isn't it clear what the root of the various problems are? Do we have to go so deep in All order to possible. explain? 
Bible with capital if you have some. <laughs> I mean, what more? Do you really? Do we really need to go and zoom in that tight? Can't we see the problem here? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, this is especially true in round one. I would take things working out for me round one over raw money, right? This is where we're talking about the like, hey, how about you just give the person with warfare research agreement, right? Mm-hmm. And then they do yeah. they do the timing you need. And maybe they pay you like a dollar on top of that, or maybe not. Maybe it's just yeah. straight up, here's a research agreement. Don't mess with me. Well, let's make this easy. Use the agreement to, what is it called? Lobby <laughs> or like kind of your say about something structural that's going to happen in the game. I get it. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good, it's not an evil faction, right? It's not evil. It's not evil. Yeah, there's, hey, there's good guys and bad guys, okay? (laughs) They all lobby. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, don't forget about your PDS, especially if you get PDS too. Uh, Maybe you aren't charging to not fire all the time, but it's important that your neighbors know how nice you are for not firing so that they can repay that kindness also with not doing things to you. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. just sort of like hoard weapons of mass destruction so that you can tell everybody else not to use their weapons of mass destruction. Yes. Yes. Yeah, my buddy uh, Milan Patel uh, has a really good joke about this. Uh, look him up on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> Great. Milan Patel, one of the funniest people. Uh, we haven't talked about our alliance at all yet. Uh, our alliance is quite desirable, I would say. It applies to anti-fighter barrage, space cannon, and bombardment. There's a lot of factions that that covers, right? Like yeah. There are lots of factions that those three things factor into stuff that they're doing. So you mm-hmm. have like kind of a decent number of people you can try to get your alliance to. Uh, I have some uh, beautiful priorata here from the tech meister himself, Jadim Jedi, uh, oh. did all kinds of writing up, but I especially- it's my buddy. I, I especially liked Jadim Jedi's uh, relationship sort of guide here. here here's a bunch of think, ways to think about some of the factions in the game. And I think a lot of these especially apply to the Alliance, but are in general like relationship things to think about. But I, I just, I like this list of stuff to consider as Jolnar. Uh, the Nomad, buy the cavalry early and often with your commander, a lowly carrier becomes a considerable force. Again, remember, the cavalry has anti-fighter barrage that you're going to re-roll mm-hmm. on, and it's going to be like a decent roll if they get cavalry too. Like, it's really good. You can alliance swap with Nomad, and it's great for both sides. You get the free yeah. flagship, they're going to get your, your... Your commander will also... Or your alliance will improve their flagship's anti-fighter barrage rolls. They'll they'll do very, very well with this. They're a wonderful uh, alliance swap partner. Mm. I don't know if that swap is... Completely I think rarely fair. does Jolnar get a completely equitable swap. I think a lot of times they're like in in a number of ways doing a little bit more for the other person. Or do you think? It's oh, I in thought Jolnar's it was the other way around. Do you think the free flagship I, is even better? I think free flagship is a little bit better. To be honest, it might depend like, on what hair. It might depend on what the Nomad's hero parade is going to entail. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, if, if or the if no- they already have Mem- Memoria two or not. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, also, obviously, the Necro. If they are your neighbor, you might as well plan to make each other rich rather than fight it. Uh, they can yeah. also they can pick up ERS siphons. You both activate each other. Remember how we talked about Ew. it's a net gain? This is like the classic combo. Both of you just activate each other back and forth. Those four bucks, three of which get spent to replace the counter. You made a dollar. You just make a dollar over and over and over get, again. Like we just need like in like we just need Dane to like write 
yeah in crayon in with ink <laughs> like it doesn't matter yeah. how he writes it we just need his handwriting saying that you just can't do that yeah. anymore like and it's, it's not even like explained why uh -huh. it just says necro can't get e-res yeah done it just, it just says that it. yeah <laughs> uh argent flight is another classic uh commander swap it's great for both of you you're also one of the few factions that actually want to buy their promissory note their promissory note adds uh one more role for a combat it's like a it's like mm -hmm. a single round of uh, an extra plasma scoring that's pretty good for you um this is another situation where definitely argent gets more out of having yeah, your alliance for sure for but sure. if you can keep them on the horn for like let's do an alliance swap and you give me your faction promissory note pretty often then we'll be fine if i get a bunch of bonus rolls mm -hmm. out of this swap then maybe we're fine um if the, i was argent i'd be so chill with that yeah, i'd be like absolutely. yeah dude, you can just I want your commander so bad <laughs> yeah. like yeah yeah i'll i will give it to you whatever and i would hold my word too i yeah. wouldn't i would just it would, I don't it even, would return I don't... to my hand and i would instantly trade it back to them at the first opportunity like it's just yeah. an ability in the joint absolutely <laughs> uh hakan is the classic catfish thing trade convoys is great i think it's crazy for jadeem to bring this one up i uh as hakan i don't i would i don't ever sell trade convoys to jolnar i maybe that's me not being catfishy enough or being boat floating enough i hate mm. the idea of jolnar not needing my approval to trade stuff around the table like i want them to come through me to do research agreement stuff so i don't like giving trade convoys from the hakan perspective but yeah if you're jolnar yeah. Try to get it. See if they do it. Uh, I just think it's, I think that's a terrible idea. I think that makes it way too easy on Jolnar to do stuff they already do really disgusting. Um, well, I think I, I can see it maybe if Hakan is going War Sons. Like yeah. if it's going to be War Sons Hakan, the idea of my bombard. Well, I don't know actually. Is that kind of win more? Do I really need to re-roll my War Sun really, bombardment? Not generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think the classic catfish is just that it's money for tech all game long. Like that's like yeah, the of main combo. Um, it is worth noting too though that uh, tech action cards, research agreement, a bunch of these ones where you research a tech, Hakan is like generally speaking better served giving those to you and both of you getting the tech and then there being right. some sort of payment kind of within that but Hakan getting tech action cards and then just using it on themselves isn't always better when they could make a dime off of that like they, right. they can just sell you that action card and you both get tech and you you know all this stuff works out so that's that's yeah, a, like that's a that. delicious little combo um the mahawked is an interesting relationship i would say this is not some sort of like beautiful combo uh jadeem says try to buy scepter of dominion from them because you need win slay defense i love that point just in general if i'm Mahawks in the game try to get that <laughs> try to get that promissory note also their hero makes defending space a huge problem so make sure you have ground forces on your home system planets. This is less a, how do you deal with Mahawked and more a, what do you need to think about when Mahawked is in the game? And that's, mm -hmm. uh, you have lost the space game even more than you already were. You need to, uh, this uh, if Mahawked's in the game, like this is where I would be like, get yourself space dock two and farm infantry and mechs like crazy mm -hmm. and get them on all of your plan everywhere. You just need stuff everywhere uh, to protect right. yourself. Um, Nalu is another consideration offer research agreement for their agent Zayu. Uh, you can usually find good places to build extra or score a control objective or win slay someone etc. I would also say yeah. Nalu is like very much pining for research agreement. They start with a kind of awkward tech start and would love to get mm -hmm. like a jump on things. I almost argue buddying up too much with Nalu though is way too many balls in their court. Like that that's a lot better for Nalu I would say well, because in the end game. Zayu, yeah, like, if you're getting Zayu, Zayu is Zayu is really good yeah, especially and round one. It, 
Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like there's no way you're getting it round, round one because Nalu has to use Zayu right. for themselves round one. Right. After round one, if Nalu is giving you Zayu, that's, you're getting two things. You're getting to use Zayu and also Nalu is not using it on the <laughs> right. So it's kind of a win <laughs> both ways. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, Soul offering research agreement for multiple uses, three to four of military support is great for both sides. Definitely agree here. Like the, mm -hmm. if, if infantry is our concern, a single research agreement for like four. Yeah, it's uh, that's a great trade off. Um, your agent really wants more infantry, and this is one of the easiest ways to pay for double tech. Um, yeah, just in general, getting military support off a of soul should be a focus of Jolnar's strategy alongside yeah. soul. Um, and the last one here just says, um, always punch the Winu. Uh, great note. Love that. No notes. Uh, very good. <laughs> I like that Jadim's thing like it was good advice but it also kind of there I, if you if you had if you listened with a close ear i you could hear a little propaganda a little a little fish based <laughs> propaganda i'm not gonna call out all the points where it happened there are just yeah. a few points where i i noticed mm -hmm. a little bit of fake news <laughs> happening in there this uh, isn't a problem job, for GD. everybody everybody benefits from this and it's totally yes. equitable <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the end game, uh, late game, scoring, etc. One important uh, note, this is where I put in the thing, uh, I, where I said round four is usually good for the hero. We had this discussion, though, round five yeah. is generally yeah, yeah. what you're actually aiming for. It really just depends on like what you're doing. One of my points, though, with this is you're not waiting on the hero with some intent to blindside the table with your mysterious tech picks. Everybody knows right. what you're going to get. Like, don't think of it that way. What you're waiting for is, again, that stage two consideration. You're not surprising yeah. anyone by getting light wave in round five. Who knew? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, the objectives are where we become an overpowered faction, though. This is this is where we make our money uh, and, and cash in games. We are the second best in the game at tech objectives, and occasionally we're even better than Necro, but Necro can outpace you uh, in tech plenty often. Half of the structure objectives are a complete cakewalk. I'm talking about the ones that are just have X number of structures. You start with almost half of the stage two. You start with three structures and you only need seven for the final, uh, for that stage two. The one where it's have them on planets outside of your home. You're obviously kind of on an even keel with everybody else, but you have a lot of reasons to invest in structures throughout the mm -hmm. game. So you might as well lean into that advantage and lock that uh, public objective up. Like you, that means four stage twos that a lot of people look at and go, well, that's not happening. Like literally impossible yep. because there's not enough time left in the game. All of the tech and all of the structure objectives they can just be completely in your grasp uh, where nobody else can do anything about them. Um, and a lot of times with the structure ones, they protect themselves. Oh, we got to knock two structures off of Jolnar because they have nine. Too bad they're all in like four total systems and the space cannon is defending all of them at once, right? Like the, the PDS2 just makes it a thing nobody can touch. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's very, very good. You also are making money hand over fist and you absolutely can just save trade goods all game long and set up well for economy objectives. The stage two, spend 16, spend 10 trade goods, all of that is always easily in your grasp. You're not usually scoring those econs with like planets alone. You're not a big go take a bunch of slices factions necessarily, uh, but you can just have money sitting there. And as long as economic equality doesn't crush your dreams, you'll, you'll be able to ride that into the end game. Uh, control objectives specifically is where things 
can get tricky, but not always. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a matter of we're not so great at the ground game. Um, we should have tech that gives us access to the board. It's just a matter of did, do our opponents have uh, like the defenses to do it. And right. not only do you have to take stuff, you have to hold it for the whole round. And so that involves stalling long enough to go late. And, you know, there's right. other factions that are better at you than waiting things out and then doing all the control objectives. Asarl, Nomad, Mahawk. There's tons of factions that can just... You're not going to beat them in control. Sorry. In in most cases, you'll hold on to like your little p- corner, right? You'll you'll hold on to like mm-hmm. three of your systems with ease. It's the getting all that extra other stuff that is that's trickier and is honestly the reason why like all game long, you need to be playing it kind of easy on just like let's just score objectives. We don't need to go out of our way to do anything crazy. Let's build up like a really huge critical supply of plastic so that then again, we have more stuff than other people to go take what we need to take. We, we need to be in the late game having the highest number of plastic out there. That's hard to do with some factions, but like you need to be up in the running of like just the most stuff uh, to go take things. That's that's part of being an econ faction, right? Is I spent more money on plastic than you did, which means my plastic can crush your plastic. Uh, right. And that's kind of what you're aiming for. Um but our biggest oh uh, secrets are a breeze. Uh, I'll just throw that out there. You can do all of them, uh, especially the action phase ones that people struggle with. Anti fighter bar- like scoring the last hit with anti fighter barrage bombardment, uh, turn their fleets to dust. Those are those are like way easier for you than literally everybody else yeah. in the game. Yeah, uh, all all of the secrets are are doable for you. Um, but our biggest limitation to all of this is just that we don't have a superpower. Like we we are solid we have a good like bedrock to do all of these things but we don't have a quantum data hub node trick we don't have a cavalry or a, a, a nomad parade we don't have a sorrow mm-hmm. stalling things out there's just nothing fancy and we're relatively disliked most of the game people will overlook their displeasure for us for the cookies we can offer them but we don't just like get a bunch of like really cozy favors i would say generally speaking like like, like the, the extra cozy favors like when sardak and mentak are next to each other and they're just like hey let's just like really make this work for each other because there's no reason to drag each other down i don't think you get those kinds of relationships as jolnar um we win by staying in the pack and then locking up speaker order to score the stage two or we got an imperial point somewhere in the late game but that speaker order we talked about earlier is definitely like a huge consideration because we just we don't have some other way to like snipe the win from the claws of defeat or whatever. Like we we have to we have to like find a solid path into the win. You just don't see Jolnar wins very often that are a big surprise. <laughs> it's usually round yeah. five is like Jolnar is the problem, and let's see if the table can deal with that problem. And you made it through it or not. You had you shored up enough defenses to to score those points or you didn't. Uh, and, right. and that's kind of how the games peter out in that way. Sometimes they're a boring faction. They're a boring, good faction because it's just like you kind of wipe your hands of the game towards the end of it where you're like, listen, I, I win on the two or I don't. I, I, I don't have much else to contribute here. I'll, I'll attempt one little wind slay over there with my pockets of dreads. But beyond that, I don't have the stuff to go do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like I feel like you make this point with almost every faction that you write <laughs> a guide style. for. That every single time you'll be like, "We're hated. We're like disliked because 
it's and it's sometimes will be because they're so good or because they're annoying to other players but you always you almost every single time you make a point where you're like yeah we're we're people hate us you know we're just disliked i don't know how to just have that kaluan charm that puts you in uh-huh. the running every single game without fail. Like, I don't know how to do that, you know, where Kaluin yeah. can play almost any faction. Actually, that's not true. Kaluin just plays a Sorrel all the time and wins, like a Sorrel and Mahakt, right? I don't know. No, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm throwing completely unnecessary shade. He just won. No, no, it, he just no, won he paid, today he uh, as a Sorrel, so. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that maybe part of it is that Kaluin isn't on a podcast like talking smack about you right now right. you know what i mean like that yeah. might be part of it, it might be part that of might it. be like a good way to start would be to not call out people that you play mm-hmm. with and go mm-hmm. i like think that, you know? i think a better like do i just need to disappear into the shadows for six months and come back and fat fartons is here to play twilight imperium and nobody knows what that guy's all about let's just yeah like, who, kind who of, is that let's just like let him do his own thing and 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 see how you know see how good he is at twilight imperium he's like a no he's he's a <laughs> is nobody this like your your weird open mic comedian persona <laughs> that you're debuting like your trashy like 80s <laughs> comedian persona what's up just, laugh them up some fat buttons <laughs> yeah look this at my does. big suit <laughs> oh okay big suit all right uh, that's yeah. kind of a, a twist comedian fat fart yeah yeah doing a reference to the talking heads movie all right yeah <laughs> hell yeah that's cool yeah you're stop stop <laughs> making cool? farts that, that's the name of your first album stop making farts <laughs> uh, should i thank some weird bears i suppose thank them I want to thank my weird bears, Big Al Cappuccino, <laughs> Squeamishimu, Brass Bird. I, I can't continue this uh, this this weird bit. Cabalas, Kalu, and Daryl, Dragothaxon, Elspeth SC, Carnal, Alice, Emilchevsky, Nick, Absol, Rwise, and Tang. Thank you. And I want to thank my baby child, big friends, Kraken, Jadim, Jedi, Portmandia, Relic, Stan, and Vince. Thank you all very much. Yeah. Please rate us. On your podcast app of choice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially Apple Podcasts. Why and is that now, note still in there? And now Spotify. This is an old. And now Spotify. This is an old form. We have to update our <laughs> our script here. And uh, just now, and now, Spotify. You can rate on Spotify now. Did you know that it's only two yeah. years old? Um, I remember website. when Spotify was first coming in and was actually super annoying for like two years. Like early yeah. on in this podcast, Spotify was like our metrics didn't get counted in the same there was like a special mm-hmm. spot where they counted spotify downloads and it was super yeah. annoying because then you couldn't factor it into the other stuff anyways that's my thing spotify is now just the one the the one the one everybody has i guess mm-hmm. and we all must fall in line because everything else shudders and disappears i miss google music i miss it so much although you're the only you're the, only, the only person one. that was using google music it was just you yeah um, I use YouTube Premium because you get YouTube with no ads yeah. and you get YouTube Music. Yeah. And, you That's know, what Spotify, my Google Music became. You're basically, I mean, you basically will use Google Music. So, no. Yeah. No, I use YouTube Music. <laughs> it's completely different. I was about to explain to you why it's different. Here's why it's different. You know, when you're on Spotify and you only like weird stuff, you know how that is with you? How you only like weird music and uh-huh. you just find out that like a lot of the stuff you want to listen to actually isn't on Spotify. <laughs> That's when YouTube music kind of right. kicks in. It's all and it's like, there, yeah, but maybe. Jeff uploaded yeah. it. Why can't we just use <laughs> Jeff's upload? 
I want to listen to the one time the Pixies did a live version of the song from Eraserhead. Like, I want yeah, that. Lady you know? in the Radiator song <laughs> with uh, Kim Deal singing instead of Francis, dude. It, that, that's a killer. But I don't even think you can see that anymore. That used. I think that got taken off YouTube. Really? I don't no. even think you can see that anymore. I'll, I, I mean, I'll, I'm not going to check right now. I'll be disrespectful to the listeners. Uh-huh. But yeah, Lady in the Radiator, Kim, Kim used to sing it. And I actually made her laugh uh, because I was, we were seeing, I was very proud of myself. Uh-huh. Um, we were seeing them do their do, they were doing a Doolittle tour where they were playing all of Doolittle. Uh-huh. Um, this is for like two people, but uh, right now, but uh, they were playing and they were in the encore. And, you know, it was like, generally, I think it's really annoying when people like yell out like songs to uh-huh. play uh-huh. at musicians, like they're a jukebox or something. I think it's kind of disrespectful. But this was really special. You know what I mean? Like, it was like a night where it was like, the Pixies are here. We didn't know if they were going to be around for a long time. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? For uh-huh. all we knew, this was it. And in a way, it, that actually was sort of correct. I mean, they stuck around, but it was weird and yeah. Kim wasn't in the band anymore. But I yelled out that. I said, Lady in the Radiator song. Uh-huh. Or no, sorry. My friend yelled out Lady in the Radiator song, which he sings a lot of the time except for this one time and then i yelled and let kim sing it and then she started laughing <laughs> good job so yeah i'm, really I'm a pretty interesting person pretty interesting, you know dude you've yelled things that people on a stage heard you know mm-hmm. I like yeah that. i've definitely <laughs> done that if that's something i have done that uh let's talk patreon stuff a little okay, bit here people we got a lot fine. of patreon stuff to talk about um, so weird bears, I've got, I'm getting spreadsheets ready. I am arming myself to farm the info off of you. Probably going to start sending messages before Saturday. Mm. Although once we get to Saturday, I got other stuff I'm going to be working on. Um, but it's happening people. We are doing another wave of jerseys. Um, and we're going to be talking to, you know, I've already put out the call. Any old weird bears, if you want to get in on the new, like if you want the new shirt, yeah. like, Hit, hit us up. Talk to us about it because I'm doing the order. And then after I've done the order, like that's it. I'm, I, I'm not going to do a special order for another year. That's how it works. Um, also, you know, figuring stuff out about pins is kind of, it's, it's all, that all happens at like the same uh, time. Thank you for your patience, everybody. Um, Yinsterhood, uh, I got a stream for y'all with y'all. I, and the game is already filled, uh, which is funny because it was going to be me saying, hey, I'm, I need players. I already got the players, uh-huh. but. Uh, I'm back in the Yinsterhood, um, and we are doing a prelims practice game uh, on March 2nd, starting at 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, it's going to be on the Space Cats uh, Twitch. Um, you know, if you if somebody drops, pay attention. Maybe you can, like, sneak in there if you're in the Yinsterhood. Um, but I've got players, and I'm set, and I've got all the time set, and I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, so I And I this is me preparing for my run Mm-hmm. into the semifinals because i'm gonna do it i'm yeah. going all the way baby i will throw out there too my yinsterhood announcement is i did just finish one of my async games i'm back to trying to keep two afloat at all times which means uh i'll probably be hitting up the yinsterhood i might wait for this other one because this other one's maybe close to finish and eh, that's probably not close enough anyways i'll probably be trying to get another async going with yinsterhood people so if you want to be a part of that let me know and i'll have a post on the discord very soon Awesome. And then Homebrewers Guild, I'm back, okay? It's been a lot of juggling, but the final Lazax playtest is going to be on March 3rd, which is this Sunday, also at 17, uh, 1700 Central, or sorry, 1700 UTC, mm-hmm. 11 a.m. Central, um, and we're going to do it. We're done. I got the components. Everything's set. It's going to be fun, 
and then we were going to move on to the more interesting stuff. I realized that this part of the show has taken a long time, which is not new. That's just that's just how it is uh, <laughs> around here, uh, especially when we're trying to do 50 things at once. And, you know, there's a lot. It's weird. We moved. We're moving. moving. We've done moves. Still I've moved. Do Matt's still trying to working move. Working on it. Boy, am I ever mm-hmm. working on it. We Every got, day you get good news, and it's awesome. We got a twenty-six foot long truck today. We ordered a twenty-six awesome. foot long truck, and I have to drive that. So That's cool. It's crazy that they don't tell you you need a CDL to drive a twenty-six foot long truck. That well, seems you can just wrong. Do that. that doesn't seem like you should be allowed to just do that. I don't wow. think they know me well enough to just say, "Yeah, you can drive a twenty-six foot long truck." I should check. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, you, you, you're serious? Like you might not even be licensed to drive this truck that y'all got? I would, I'd imagine it would come up in the application if it were required. So anyway, I look forward to just kidding. I seriously dread driving a 26 foot long truck nine hours to Minneapolis. That'll not be fun. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think that it works best when the government minds their own business. You know what I mean? I'm kind of just, <laughs> I just think... You know, I mean, because we're a big libertarian podcast, Uh, so you know, like, I just think you just drive trucks. You know what I mean? If you want to drive a truck, you drive a truck. Just ride a bear. I don't see how that affects anybody. Just ride a bear and have the bear tow a trash can full of your stuff. If you want to do that, I'm not sure how it affects anybody else (laughs) right now. All right? Because I don't (laughs) have an imagination. driving a 26-foot-long truck definitely affects no one else ever. Yeah. (laughs) Only affects you, so I think it's cool to do, and the government needs to shut up about it. (laughs) Um, Galactic Council, we got a new poll for you. uh, That is, uh, I I guess I'll go ahead. It's it's already out. Sure. I mean, I haven't put it out yet, Uh but it's already out, um, I'm going to say. The four options are as follows. Um... Twilight Imperium 2nd Edition mm. Tech Tree Analysis. We are not explicitly planning on having an episode just about the tech tree yeah. of TI2. Although, we, if you don't select this one, it will probably get covered at least a little bit. A little bit, but it's like a thing that we could spend an hour and a half solely dedicated yeah. to. And, you know, like that kind of thing. Or it could be a thing where we really glaze over it and are like, yeah, I don't know. Tech seems similar. Yeah. Do you want an overview or do you want analysis? Yeah. Um, because that's what you're kind of choosing here. Um, second option is Twilight Imperium second edition. Uh, second edition. Second, second edition. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight Imperium two is what I'll call it now. Uh-huh. Uh, factions overview. So we go over all the factions. We talk. You know, I mean, we'll probably get into a little bit of analysis there, but like it's it's hard because it's not like we're gonna have put a hundred hours into the game. Yeah. But we'll give you our hot. Uh, surface takes yeah. and we'll we'll put on our lab coats you know i guarantee uh, you there'll be some lore some like what's the outdated ooh. lore have to say about some of these factions i'm curious yummy yeah. i i, I throw that in there um and then the next one uh this one's kind of fun uh most anticipated board games of 2024 um when i said when i rec- when i was like we should do this matt was like oh i'm gonna have to learn, learn about some board games what games <laughs> are like, coming Man, out we year. are weird uh, yeah I don't I don't keep up with this industry despite now very specifically working <laughs> yeah. in it. So that's weird. That's a kind of This will be good. This will be good yeah. for you. Yeah. This is like some you should do this. I do but need, you all, you all need this to pick this episode because I need Because Matt <laughs> needs to know about the board game industry. Like you should. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah. Maybe. Um and then the last one, this is a fun one, a bit of a crossover with our other podcast, which if you don't know, is called Old Gamers Almanac. It's about video games, uh, specifically video games from 1994 and 2024. 
don't have time to get into it. Uh, <laughs> but your last option is top 10 video games to play when you can't play TI. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be science fiction-y, strategy games. Uh, oh, I thought it was just like better want. things to do with your time. Like it was just like, yeah, nope. you could go play Counter-Strike Source. That'd be like a more fun thing to That's do. That's what probably. you would pick? I, you no, would definitely you're not. not Counter-Strike no, guy. I, I'm really bad at Counter-Strike. It's just the first thing that popped into my head. Wow, that's weird. It's weird that your improv brain sometimes selects something that's like not in <laughs> not your lane. Thing. Yeah. Like what? I've noticed I, I, there's been many times before when <laughs> I've noticed that, that your improv brain will be like, here's this. And it'll be like, why do you have that? Yeah. And you'll be like, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, know I brushed is. up against it one time. And so it's <laughs> deeply parked in the recesses of my brain only to be yeah, pulled like, out of the most opportune that's, moment. <laughs> that's such a good way to put it. I'm always kind of like, why was that in your head? You know, like what? what is going on there um but yeah it'll be a list of video games hopefully it'll be stuff kind of associated with twilight imperium uh but i can't promise that we don't put kingdom hearts 385 <laughs> by half days on there i can't promise we don't do that i could never promise you that okay i can't i'll promise never promise you that. you that it won't come up okay yeah i mean I've got it in this box. Uh -huh. I've got my Kingdom Hearts all-in-one collection, which I believe actually only has the cutscenes uh -huh. from that game. That but I could right. watch those you know and tell always, you about it. You know what's always in my analog pocket now? My what? copy of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. It lives yeah. as a dust protector for the cartridge space of my analog pocket. That's the, that oh, is that new game role. Sucks. Yeah. It's one Man, of three Game Boy Advance games that I uh, own, and you would never, ever in a billion years guess the other two games that I own for the Game Boy Advance uh, physical copies of. Metroid Fusion? Nope. <laughs> wow. Um... So Don, is it any, some sort of Donald Duck thing? Because I know that's a big um, one for you. One of them, it's not a Donald Duck thing. Is but it a Mickey Mouse I thing? I would say it's of a, of a sort. Uh, it, is, it is an IP game is what I would okay. say. Yeah. And, and it's not Disney though. No, it's you would not, just say it's, it was, not, it's, it's not, not a Disney, Disney thing. Yeah. Um, so Shrek? Did <laughs> 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 you have a Shrek GBA game? It is uh, Dragon Ball Z, The Legacy of Goku, and NFL Blitz 2000. <laughs> wow. You, you're like a garage sale, you know? You're just like a weird, you're like an estate sale. You're just like, your brain is like an old man with a weird collection of things has passed away. It's sad. And we're all here just going through it and being like, why did he have this? Because <laughs> it was a dollar. <laughs>Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>